Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Coming to you out of SideQuest Studios, this is the Simpsons Index, episode 145. Hello out there, I'm your host, Elliot J. O'Neill, and joining me here as always, except when he's not, B.T. Calloway. Oh, hi, hi. And all the way from New York in the United States of America, Jack Picard. How you doing? (laughs) (laughs) I am doing fine yeah get out of here <laughs> and thank Forget you for joining it. us for the simpsons index this is a podcast where we watch and review three episodes of the simpsons at a time but there's a twist each episode must come from a different decade now jack you're joining us from new york and um you have a simpsons podcast as well yes yes uh, i host the uh in theory it's still a podcast worst episode ever we've been on a very long hiatus that mm-hmm. We'll be continuing for quite some time because my partner Dan, Dan Mulhall, his baby, his second baby is due any day now. There's another one. It, there's well, another one, yeah. yeah. He liked the first one so much he just went out and got another. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> He's franchising. Yeah. <laughs> it's the way to do it. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's on hold for a little bit, but we, we cover uh, just... The last couple decades, pretty much every decades but the 90s, the good ones. But hey, not all the bad ones. We've guessed it on Bart versus Australia and a couple other That's true. moderate, That's true. okay-ish ones. <laughs> That's true. We do like to, every once in a while, remind ourselves that the show used to be very good. you got to remember where it was to look at where you are now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, thank you for joining us today as well. It's always great to have you on. Longtime fans will remember you joined us for our Vignettes of Vignettes episode a, oh, that was a so few much months fun. ago yeah that was a blast yeah mm-hmm. where we subjected to it to another bad episode just like today <laughs> but you're doing a regular podcast with us you'll get your way to the good one eventually <laughs> but highlight the word eventually because we just watched season 27 episode 21 simprovised first released in may of 2016 it was directed by matthew nastuck written by john frink in this episode homer gets into improv and in the B story, Bart gets Marge to build him a new treehouse and then doesn't show appreciation and then does. Hey guys, what did we think? I mean, just as a react, you know, if we have a, a reaction phrase to certain uh, writers, I think Frank has a new one. It's just going to be Frank! <laughs> <laughs> as I rue the sky, you son of a bitch. Yeah. I didn't look up the details of uh, who wrote and directed this, and I'm surprised because honestly, as I was watching it, I kind of started assuming Dan Castellaneta wrote it. It just seemed like a big self indulgent project for him. Mm-hmm. He, well, he technically did write part of it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Because <laughs> uh, I think. I think he got a start. I think he got a start in Second City. I might be wrong, but certainly it was indulging in his. He does improvise a lot in the booth traditionally as Homer. So uh, mm. I don't know. This was just. I don't know. Not my cup yep. of tea. <laughs> no, I mean, improvising to a set script is very different to outright improvisation. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this episode was a fucking mess. Like, and it's a shame because I actually didn't mind where it started. Mm-mm. I think that's what's really kind of grinding my gears a lot on this one is there are some decent jokes and the premise is actually fine on both the A and B story. It's just their handling that thinks it's doing things it's not. And that's really frustrating. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's hook into these moments. Jack, we'll start with you. For better or worse, what's a moment that stands out to you from this episode? Okay, so this was a little bit of a weird gag, but Homer has an out-of-body experience. He passes out, mm, yeah, and his like ghost or whatever comes out, a translucent version of Homer, and then that freaks out at seeing the physical body dead, so that passes out, and even more, just a straight-up black-and-white outline of Homer comes out, so it's an out-of-body, out-of-body, and that in itself, I was like, eh, all right, fine, but the line reading of, uh, what the hell is this, got a big laugh out of me. 
in this world, apparently you have a double ghost. Yeah. <laughs> well, for when your ghost dies. Oh God! I hope I just I hope there's I don't want even a single ghost. When I'm gone, I want to be gone. <laughs> I got everything I needed to out of this life. Please do not give me a double ghost. Nope, you got three mortal coils. <laughs> See, I, I want to go with a haunting personally. I want to like spend some time knocking over chairs and closing <laughs> windows and just going. Ooh. <laughs> You've got a big list of people that have mildly annoyed you. I'm going to mildly wanna... annoy them back. <laughs> That's my favorite thing to do in a horror movie is imagine, like, of all the scares, imagine the ghost standing there doing it. Yeah. And, like, just going, okay, just wait, wait, wait till she turns around. Wait till she turns around. Then I'm going to knock the plot plant over. Now. Oh, yes. Got it. Yes. It becomes way less scary and way funnier. I'd yeah. definitely be the ghost that is just flushing the toilet all the time because even, I assume, <laughs> even as, a like, a spirit, I will still be taking yeah. a shit four or five times a day. So, <laughs> The haunted plumbing. Oh, wow. That's, that's beautiful and terrifying. So it'll be like, no, that stink wasn't me. It was the ghost, I tell you. And you sit in the corner. <laughs> like that, yeah. How about you, BT? For better or worse, what stands out to you from this? episode man i'm gonna have a running segment which we'll come back to a couple of times but honestly what stood out to me is the parts of this episode that don't fit together the way it thinks it does this is what i'll talk about in the introduction my starting point on that is homer's plot line starts off with he's nervous about making a speech at what for what we don't even mm. know his first line is oh i'll be fine i just have to make fun of lenny's mother and it's like but what are you actually doing? Yeah. We don't find out it's at the plant until he's at the plant. And Mr. Burns like gives him this aggressive look when he calls him on stage. He's like, why were you even <laughs> doing this? And the dialogue implies he does it every year. It's like, what for? Why? What's going on? I have no idea. And they never clarify. And it that comes up a few times where they just don't connect the pieces that they have. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed this at the end of Homer's story, actually, where he tells Mo, oh, I'm not going to use your premises. And then Mo's in the crowd and... Mo throws up the suggestion and Homer like readily goes to yeah. use his premise. It's like, you just shrugged it off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was a lot of that. But even specifically with the power plant thing, I think the first act ends with either Lenny or Carl saying, this is the best seminar ever because Homer's getting attacked by the hounds. But that was mm -hmm. the moment. And that was the, literally the last line of that whole scene where it's like, oh, it's some kind of seminar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's like no setup for it whatsoever. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. Which is a shame because the bare bones of this premise, which it all it had, actually mm. had some good jokes in it. I liked yeah. the footstep amplifier. <laughs> Specific. I liked release the uh, comfort hounds, yeah. The, yeah. the emotional comfort hounds, and then uh, release the real hounds. Yeah. Who's had enough comfort now? <laughs> oh, God. And what stands out to me from this episode? Yeah, look, may as well peel it off the actual improvised section of this mm. show at the end ah. where... Uh, this was a real life <laughs> thing. I don't know like how planted it was or any of that, but uh, from... I would wager none because <laughs> if you planted that, <laughs> God help you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, where they had Homer, you know, Dan Castellaneta take live calls from viewers, and they had the animation technology to make his mouth move along with Dan Castellaneta's improv, and yeah, he took calls. Editing Bay Elliot J here to say that The Simpsons actually recorded two different takes on this improvised segment, one that was live for the East Coast of the United States and one that was live for the West Coast. And yeah, unfortunately, we didn't know this at the time and we all watched the East Coast version, so our following thoughts will be based on that. All right, back to the show. And the thing that stood out to me most about this is that he kind of just stumbled his way through some Simpsons, like, back references. Yeah. Like the old thing about, you know, the glasses ha having yeah. fake eyes glued to them. And Which job did you like having most? 
Yeah, yeah. So what about you, Jack? How did you think this final scene played out? Uh, it was painful. Yeah. Uh, and then, again, this is playing right into Dan Castellano, who has a lot more power on the show as a producer than he did in the, the 90s. Yeah. And it's just very self and I think he's a very funny guy. Don't get me wrong. I just mm. think he's, you know, he's very self-indulgent. He has this amazing platform so he, and he's not afraid to use it but and he uh, should I be afraid to use it because <laughs> i don't know if he's gonna half-ass it the way he does and yeah the canned responses or, or semi-canned i'm guessing he had like a list of things in his head that he could go to depending on the questions i do think the questions were legitimate yeah although it's funny because every single question he would talk they talk over each other like yeah uh, which we're doing you know which we do too because we're five thousand miles apart from each other right now but it was weird the way they were stepping on each other almost seemed uh practiced but that was just in my head but <laughs> they also put in visual gags i guess to supplement maybe in case home, yeah. uh, it wasn't as funny as to help thought. you out when you got incredibly bored yeah exactly <laughs> and they were terrible they were really like painful i think the first one was lisa holding up a sign that said we parked in bill o'reilly's spot because it, it's supposed to yeah. take place at fox studios just like oh god and kang had a i voted for kodo sign yeah no it was like, remember that <laughs> hey, hey. Yeah. it was painful i have one question for you guys about that though Somebody asked what kind of pizza he likes, New York style or deep dish. And he goes, uh, Chicago, because I like Italian better than Chinese. And I don't, I, did yeah. I miss something? Because I, New York pizza has nothing to do with Chinese food. I, I don't know. <laughs> I think maybe the joke is that, yeah, Chicago pizza is a pretty big bastardization of like traditional Italian pizza. But, I don't know, man. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Can I go now, Dan? But uh, how about you, Jack? Which do you prefer, Chicago or New York style? Uh, I prefer New York. New York style is a big, fat, thin slice. I mm -hmm. can eat deep dish. I'll eat any kind of pizza. Sometimes yeah. I'm in the mood for deep dish, but it's just a little too doughy for me. Yeah, that's all pizza. It's also all still good, so who cares? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'll eat it on a bagel. Stop arguing about the things that make us different and start talking about the things that bring us together. <laughs> no, no, but that's the thing, man. I've got to have like the New York style. I've got to have a pizza I can fold, you know? Yeah. It's all about the yeah. fold for me. I mean, I'm very spoiled. I think where I grew up on Staten Island has the best pizza, and where I live mm -hmm. now, Brooklyn, has the second best pizza So I in the world. So I'm, I'm very, very spoiled. What's a, is there an Australian-style pizza? Oh, Domino's. Yeah. <laughs> oh, even then, that's an American brand. Served on the back of a dingo, mate. <laughs> they sh you should have like a stuffed crust, like a marsupial slice or something. It's got a little pocket of cheese. I would not be surprised if you could get a coat of arms pizza. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're the only country that eats our coat of arms of kangaroo and emu. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'd say like generally Australian pizza is probably, yeah, somewhere halfway between. Like, yeah, because when we were growing up, there was always thin and crispy and pan, and that was just... They were your options? Yeah, we always had both options. So when I learned of this pizza war in America, I was like, but you can have both. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't they all just get along? Why am I not a peace ambassador for pizza? <laughs> <laughs> Play count. How many times before today have you seen this episode? Zero. Also zero. Yeah, this was my second time, man. And uh. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Were, were you asking me what I th was rating the episode on one to ten? Oh, no, no, no. How many <laughs> no, times have you, no, no, have no, you seen it? Oh, yeah. The answer's the same. The answer's the same. You played me. <laughs> <laughs> so how about the wackiness of this episode? Was this a particularly wacky Simpsons? Yeah, a couple of jokes I liked. Mel hanging out his bones on the washing line. Oh, yeah. Which sounds like a filthy joke, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> there was uh, Homer's inner entertainer. 
like his little Jiminy Cricket, but a vaudeville entertainer yeah. that pulls a gun out of Homer's ear and just blows his brains out. Uh, That's, is that wacky? Is suicide wacky? Yeah. Like, oh my God, they're really obsessed with suicide in the later seasons. And yeah, we got to wonder if this is a cry for help from the writers sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Please kill us. This show's been on too long. Please kill us. There are a lot of good like sign gags. I didn't get all of them, but one at the uh, fair that they have at the end is wear a wacky hat. You'll never buy again. Buy a wacky hat you'll never wear again. God damn it, me. <laughs> I like Luigi's medical marinara. <laughs> uh, my favorite of the episode was uh, Homer's like, how can you tell I feel depressed? And she goes, well, you're drinking out of a can of corn. And the can <laughs> of corn, uh, I forget the name of the brand, but the logo was, we'll see you on the other end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've found that, yeah, even in the later seasons, even in the worst episodes, the sign gags are on point. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I didn't even mind the official throw up bucket sponsored by Vanilla Buzz Cola. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in terms of like wacky fire out premises, yeah, there was the ghost bit, but. um. No, not like overall. It was sort of grounded. Oh, actually, probably my favorite joke in this episode is when they cut back to when Homer built the original treehouse and he just built it in a sapling. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, tree, your turn. <laughs> yeah. So what about the whole treehouse story? Because like when I watched it, I was like, yeah, I've seen this episode before, but I'd totally forgotten that this happened. Because it's totally forgettable because it's fucking pointless. <laughs> not only that, the episode starts with Wiggum at the police station looking for yeah. a, a gift for Ralph and it's Ralph's birthday that sets off the whole treehouse plot. And I really don't understand why you couldn't just start it at Ralph's party because this ended up having nothing to... I thought it was going to be a Wiggum episode because uh, yeah, he, he, he takes was so a proud. bunch of evidence money. Yeah. And, uh... Do you notice he took a crossbow from the uh, the evidence locker? Did that seem familiar to anybody? Like... Yeah. <laughs> there was also a line in the evidence locker where Wiggum ends up taking uh, ransom money to give to mm. Ralph and he goes, well, this money's been sitting here since 1998, not doing anyone any good. And I was like, oh, you could say the same about the Simpsons. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's been sitting there since 1998, not doing anybody any good. But yeah, I don't understand why that whole sequence was there because really, the, it starts with the treehouse. I it think does. the connection is that's how Wiggum afforded the treehouse. Uh, I think you're not given that connection. It was an assumption I had to make. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense though. But again, you could do it in a joke instead of a scene. It could be, wow, that's a great treehouse. How'd you afford that? Well, let's just say the evidence room needs a new lock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> Uh, I did like that the fancy treehouse had a Wi-Fi hotspot. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, there was a semi-okay joke with Bart, like, continuously rubbing his eyes and the treehouse only got better. And eh, there was some good, like, wacky visual stuff, like the slide. But Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, it was a little wacky. And it, this is a great way to compare this to the classic years because the classic version of a wacky treehouse is, what if it's just a regular treehouse but Bart opens a c- casino for kids? Yeah. And he, you know, it's the same treehouse, but he's got a craps table or whatever. Because that's, it's ridiculous, but it's grounded. It, you know, it could feasibly exist. Whereas, you know, once you have the, the ridiculous mansion treehouses, it's like, all right, we're in fantasy Simpsons land now. Yeah. And, you know, come to think of it, Bart's treehouse that Marge ends up making for him is, you know, you'd expect there'd be a little bit more going on with that, but it was just like automated blinds. That's <laughs> <it>. Yeah. <laughs> and then Bart's going, oh, no need to thank my mom for it at all. It's like, okay. Was that yeah. was it me or was that out of nowhere, his ingratitude? Was that seeded in earlier or it just felt like to me, I didn't know what the plot was. It just seemed to be Marge is building a treehouse and then I thought she was going to have a fight with the permits, but that was only a scene. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize oh, yeah. home, Bart's ingratitude was the core of the arc until he showed some ingratitude. No, that's it. And I feel like they blitzed through this part of the plot as well. Because there was nothing to go through. Like, okay, she's angry that Bart 
isn't showing any gratitude. She tells Homer to go get him. He does. Then there's a knocking at her bedroom door and she ignores it. It's like, you just told Homer to go get Bart. <laughs> then Bart gives her a phony apology that we find out is a phony apology. Ends with, you're as hot as the day I met you. Ugh. And Marge is like, oh, that's so sweet. Goodbye, I'm satisfied now. He's like, what? <laughs> it was such a mess. Yeah, that you're as hot as the day I met you should have been like, oh, wait, Homer wrote this speech for you, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. And I don't even mind Bart using a Homer speech to win Marge back if that's the end of this arc but we never saw Bart legitimately feel bad and go oh I need to somehow make it up yeah. to her if the Homer's speech is how he does it that's fine but he never you never see any there's nothing here there's no character arc whatsoever yeah I thought for sure it was going to be then she was going to find out the apology was written by Homer and be angry at both of them and that yeah, would have yeah. you know but it just ended yeah and you would have had time to go into all this if, yeah, you didn't have the three-minute improv section at the end. Yeah, I mean, they even cut straight to episode after the Simpsons title screen. There's no yeah. intro or anything. No couch gag, no nothing. It all had to be cut for that terrible improv at the end. Yeah. And after we asked the uh, wackiness question, we asked the heart question. I think we've covered it, right? Like, because <laughs> that was like all the heart they were trying to go for there. And the only other heart in the episode was uh, Lisa. Completely fabricated Lisa's emotional investment in Homer's journey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the other thing I'm talking about when I say the pieces don't fit together. Because she's really excited that Homer's getting to play the Fringe Festival. Why? She's like wearing a crew t-shirt at his gig at Moe's. And it's like, uh, so she's... I literally, I can't, unlike, you know, the nothing there. Wigger yeah. money thing, I can't draw a connection here. Why is she excited? Yeah. And again, it takes a line for fuck's sake of saying, <laughs> I'm so proud my father's in the performing arts. Yeah. yeah there yeah. it is. That's all it, yeah. But I guess they just assume, you know, Lisa likes jazz, so therefore she must love improv. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, there's another fine connection of just having her say, oh, it's the same thing I do with music, only right. you're doing it on stage with words. <laughs> Done. Yeah. That's all. Just give us something. Christ. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're blitzing through this plot of the improv and heaps already. I mean, one minute he's taking lessons. Next, he's at most bar, which they drop in that moment. Oh, the big improv critic will be here. And then they're playing the main stage at the Fringe Festival. What yeah. The and everyone's fuck? like, woo, Homer. It's like, he's told two jokes. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm going to guarantee this is? I guarantee this was scenes cut so they can have that fucking bit at the end. Yeah. That's the only way this makes any sense so the lisa story the homer suddenly getting massively successful after two jokes that all probably has just come from cut material that uh would make sense and be a competent episode and maybe even an enjoyable one if you didn't have this stupid little improv bit at the end <laughs> now i'm angry i was disappointed before now i'm angry <laughs> yeah and it's so weird how popular he is and how excited everybody is because uh Look, I, I like improv. I, I like to go to a, a good show right now and then. I, I did the mm. expensive UCB classes. I performed. But this idea that, like, it was, even though it is the Fringe Festival, the fact that Springfield is just so in love with improv and everybody's going to all the shows at home. <laughs> I mean, I do like mm. the idea. I, I get that it's an exaggerated gag that the uh, Springfield yeah. Chopper has an improv uh, critic, an improv writer, and an improv think piece writer. Mm. That was funny. But yeah, it really, we must be missing a few scenes where suddenly Homer is just revealed for being an improv genius yeah because you said the whole town's been to all his performances all two of them <laughs> <laughs> yeah his local dive bar show and then all the way to the main stage at the biggest yeah. opportunity for and improv it only just occurred to me as well that neither plot line reset to zero so that treehouse oh, yeah. should be there from now on and homer is still <laughs> in the improvisation troupe um i think this story might have been supported if they just dropped the whole 
Bart Treehouse storyline because it, it didn't tie into the whole improv nope. thing at all. No. And if they are going to, you know, spend three minutes on a Simpsons doing improv thing at the end, fine. That's a, you know, do the experiment, have a go at it, but have the time to make your other story make sense. Yeah. It didn't even come from the same. Sometimes when there's an A plot and a B plot that have nothing to do with each other, they at least came from, they branched off from the same opening scene, you know, where Homer would have discovered improv at the at Ralph's party, something like that. But they yeah. really, yeah. the entire episode were on two completely parallel tracks. Yeah. So ultimately, did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? I think there are the bones of an episode there. It's just they're not connected properly. And so whether or not it feels like it, I mean, it, we can come up with reasons why Lisa would be invested in Homer's you know, improv, but they didn't put that on there. We can no. come up with reasons to justify everything, but it's not in the episode, so I'm going to say no. Yeah. Yeah, if we're going to come up with reasons, then I want part of the royalty check. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're doing the heavy lifting here. <laughs> yeah, no, it didn't feel like a Simpsons episode. As, I mean, especially the end. I know that's a, its own kind of thing, but the improv thing was weird and off-putting. Nobody was necessarily acting out of character, mm. but... It just, no, nah, it didn't feel like a Simpsons yeah. episode, no. They weren't out of character. They were just making leaps and bounds, and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. And another thing about the improv scene at the end sort of feeling weird, I think because it was Homer, like, being knowing that he is the character on the TV well, show yeah, sort of thing. It starts with Bart, Lisa, and Marge down the barrel of the camera explaining yeah. what's going on. And, like, why not weave that into the episode if you're going to do this? Why not have Homer on stage and that that's it? You don't need the intro to it. Just explain yeah. that it's just awkward and clunky there's, and stupid. There's so much you could do with this premise. I could imagine Homer and Marge having some kind of fight, or maybe Homer and Lisa, and he improvises his apology on stage, and everybody thinks it's part of the scene, but it's yeah. actually an apology. <laughs> like, there's so much like fun you could have with this. And these are, I'm assuming, some of the writers, definitely Dan Castellaneta, are experienced with improv and know the rules in and out. But we just got the bare bones like yes and jokes yeah and their idea of improv was all just give us a suggestion and uh, i'll do a funny voice and yeah. they really didn't play into the whole oh we're making up a story by the seat of our pants you know they could have tied that there's so much you could do uh, homer's great at coming up with excuses mm -hmm. it's like well you know maybe he's failing at improv and lisa or somebody's like well just think about when you make an excuse at work and something you know a light bulb goes off his head and yeah. he realizes oh that's how to improvise there's so much they could have done with this and they really just like it was just the laziest, I don't know. Yeah. I really like your idea of Homer, like, mad-lipping an apology, though. Like, yeah. Marge is backstage <laughs> or something, and he's just like, uh, come on, crowd, give me a premise. Uh, uh, like, give me an emotion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, disappointed wife. Uh, uh, okay, give me a location. 742 Evergreen Terrace. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> Sorry, I just had an idea for a better conclusion. Okay, Marge is in the audience. Homer's, like, premise, and she's like, unhappy mother or ungrateful son and then that's how bart figures out what's going on oh, and yeah. then he apologizes mm -hmm. at the end damn fucking tied together perfect <laughs> perfect your royalty check is in the mail yeah, damn well <laughs> but yes or no would you watch this episode again uh no 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 only i mean yes and <laughs> yes and i and i will turn my tv off right away <laughs> yes and no on a dare maybe <laughs> i'm gonna yeah, go the anti-improv of no shut up <laughs> um i think i'd only ever watch like the final three minutes again to show someone just because they asked me uh, i really need a douche chill right now can you give me something that'll give me a massive douche <laughs> chill and that is a three minute clip that I can show them. <laughs> Jack, 
we'll throw to you first. Yeah. What would you change about this episode to improve it? Uh, I'd take out the treehouse plot entirely. Yeah. If there is a B plot, I would find something that fits more into in line. Although the treehouse thing could work again if we tied in the whole apology, like PT was saying, with if Bart realizes it on stage. Yeah. But overall, it really the treehouse did nothing for me. Yeah. And if they're gonna do an episode that's themed around improv. Why is it here? Like, I really didn't... Uh, yeah, 22 minutes or whatever the episodes are now, 20 minutes and 30 mm-hmm. seconds, it's not a lot of time for a lot of story. I, I don't know why they have to adhere to this traditional B-plot yeah. scenario. Sometimes it works. God knows Seinfeld and the rest of development mm-hmm. could do it. But there's no reason why you can't just do a great single plot and just get as much mileage out of the premise yeah. as possible. Well, I mean, even in the classic era, you know, we keep coming into episodes that were like, you know, just a little bit short. So they just had a couple of scenes of a thing that they can use to fill out the time and it's whatever. But in these ones, yeah, we keep coming into this thing where it's they clearly don't have the time to work with and they're rushing through everything and they still insist on unnecessarily cramming in a B plot because that's what's meant to be done like it doesn't make sense exactly yeah it's almost as if the show is so lazy and so running on uh on yeah. autopilot at this point that any new writers are given some kind of orientation manual and it's like here's how you how to write a simpsons episode and it just gives you the beat by beat yeah. what to do <laughs> yeah i doubt that's actually the case but maybe it kind of is and that would be very disappointing if it was no i mean it's honestly feeling like an improv sketch at this stage that <laughs> yeah how about you, BT? What would you like to change? I mean, I think we've already yelled all my changes. Um, <laughs> just, I like the premise. That's what really kills me on this one. I like the premise. I like some of the jokes, but it's just the mishandling of it. Fix that. Put in the things you clearly took out to make your stupid improv bit work, and it probably get a lot better. Or yeah, cut the um, Bart storyline to make space, or just... Ah, I want to see what's on the floor for this one, because it's obviously what would have saved this from doom. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. It's a shame that there's so many, just the three of us just talking for 20, 25 minutes, there's so yeah. many different ways they could have fixed this and they chose none of them. Oh, and they've got writer's rooms of, yeah, 20 to 40 people or something <laughs> like that. Incre- it's it's like, incredible. What went wrong? <laughs> and look what I'd change. Yeah, I totally agree about, you know, making the improv stuff the whole story. But you know what? Just to play devil's advocate, like the Treehouse story could work. The Treehouse has been a long staple of the Simpsons canon. Mm. And I don't know, maybe I want to see one that's like Bart gets the new Treehouse, but then, you know, he misses the soggy patch on the floor <laughs> and the little yeah. pulled up bit of wood that used to be his escape route and stuff like that. And he learns to be happy with his, his little humble abode he doesn't need yeah. the fancy or yeah to, to bring back that like permit guy that was there for one pointless scene exactly maybe but because it's now like a uh, dwelling he has to maintain it and he, oh. he just wants his place where he can hang out and do what he wants and so if he has his crappy shack he can do that but he has this <laughs> fancy place with running water and blinds and electricity or whatever he has to maintain it that's great. Thank That's <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> another royalty check I, coming your way i personally i just loved i did love the idea of marge he says at one point, you're an indoor parent. And, you know, Marge is like, I can do it. And growing up uh, after my parents divorced, my mom suddenly just like became this like DIY. She le- just learned how to put shit together. I, I'm i terrible. I can't put anything together. And she would just go to Home Depot, 
bring something home. And just because she had to do it, there was no other option. She figured out how to build shit, and it was impressive as hell. And seeing Marge with like the jeans and the bandana on, I was like, oh, yeah, that was very relatable. And I kind of wanted to see more of that. But yeah. besides the permit scene, we kind of didn't really get any of that. Well, that could launch an entire another plot line where Marge finds a love of making things. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. No, there's so much meat on this story, Bart. Why did they... It really is. It's, it's like the mushrooms that grow out of a carcass, you know? <laughs> life is springing from this death. Circle of life. Um, all right, we're here. Jack, do you have any other notes about this episode? Um, There were a handful of individual one-liners that got laughs out of me, which is, you know, I'll take what I can get. Yeah. But there was a few background gags that were mocking PC culture and comedy yeah which just seemed kind of low-hanging fruit and they didn't quite take a stance either way it was just it was just kind of there like they felt like they had to say something about how you can't make fun of people mm. anymore but it seemed very lazy and obviously they're background gags mm. so I don't yeah know. no they have indulged in that sort of hack comedy <laughs> i would say at the yeah, yeah yeah but yeah, I had a bunch of uh, uh, one-liners that I like. Here's one I'll point out that I didn't like. It was just it felt very modern Simpsons, very un-Simpsons to me. But I forget which character goes. They're talking about how the awards shows are fixed, and that's why if you're going to lose, you don't show up. You have a scheduling conflict. And somebody mm-hmm. goes, "Yeah, Dave Franco has a scheduling conflict." <laughs> Burn, Dave Franco. <laughs> that just felt like a very modern, hip kind of pop culture reference that I, I don't expect from The Simpsons. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe there is a 25 years ago. There's a 1993 equivalent of a Dave Franco joke that worked for me. I don't know. Um, uh, who was hip in '93? Uh, Luke Perry? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jim Belushi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jim Belushi has it. Yeah, that works. <laughs> How about you, BT? Any other notes? Just a quick uh, gag I did like, which is Bart and Lisa are walking into Ralph's party. It's like, okay, the key to the Ralph party is to get to the cake for... He's already done it. He yeah. cuts the <laughs> outline of Ralph's face shoved into the cake. I got a laugh out of that. I got like a half laugh out of like Millhouse saying they're going to see someone's bra. It's like, that's what boobs touch. <laughs> yeah. I, again, half laugh. Like, eh, yeah, at least it's yeah, kids yeah, being yeah. kids and it's not some weird, you know, yeah. joke written by a 40 year old man. Yeah, it feels man. like a very kid thing to get hyped about. Yeah. Mm. Um, and my rest are just complaints, <laughs> uh, which is just, there's so no stakes here. Like Lisa's whole thing about, Dad, you're cheating at improv. It's like, sir. Who loses here? Yeah. If he does well, nothing <laughs> happens. If he does badly, nothing happens. Yeah. There's no stake at all. Lisa yeah. cares so much about the art of improv that she's aghast at the idea of cheating at it. <laughs> From all his two <laughs> sessions. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's headlining the Fringe Festival. I mean, he's still not getting paid that much. Like, <laughs> <laughs> All right, time for my final notes. Now it's time, and now it's time for his final notes. Elliot's final notes. Ha-ha, I get theme songs on my show. <laughs> yeah, I screwed up the whole set over <laughs> I liked the joke of failure ham, but then they did the visual on it, which... Oh, man, God, killed it, yeah. There were a couple of wacky animation things that I forgot to mention before. The whole when Homer's in the kitchen and the tap is going drip, drop you. So oh, yeah. And Was this a reference? Like, everything comes to life and kind of sings at him a little bit. Beauty and, and the Beast? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's a little, a little too surreal for that. Did they tell Bell she sucks at one point? Or? <laughs> I mean, it'd be really funny if they did. <laughs> Speaking of visually interesting, uh, there was also when Homer first tries to think of what's funny, he pictures a bunch of random people and things, like the yeah. like Alf, the Golden Gate Bridge, uh, some other things. And then they're like, well, what makes those things funny? And he just imagines them kissing each other. 
And I, I don't know. I don't know what I was watching. I don't know what that was. <laughs> it was one of those surreal moments. Like I think I meant to laugh, so I'm going to. <laughs> Should I? Like, yeah. They thought about this moment. They plotted it out. They animated it, and, and then they asked Sixpence Numb the Richer if they can use their song. <laughs> I'm, no, that, that's I'm the little boy uh, turning the the poochie buzzer uh, and crying. I just I did not like that. Just yelling now, keys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there was a joke about Homer finding the cookies at the bottom of the tree and saying the Keebler elves are doing their job. I kind of like that. I liked it, but it was very oddly paced. Yeah. Mm. No, absolutely. And yeah, that's it. It's time to rank this thing on the Simpsons Index. We rank using our six-point scale, which starts down the bottom at failure. Maybe if the episode was just meh, you give it a participant. But for the positive rankings, you got OK Bronze, Good Silver, Excellent Gold, but for the best of the very best, you give Cubic Zirconia. I'm going to go first. Let me show you how it's done. Oh, shit. Mm. Where am I going? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna fail it. It's just there was bare bones of something that could have worked, and even at the start, like maybe even the first two minutes, I was like, oh, okay, I might be into this episode, but any opportunity for positiveness it just squandered and mm-hmm. yeah, the interconnective tissue was just so not there. Jack, where are you going with this one? It certainly feels like a failure of an episode in that it failed as an episode, but I'm going to go participant just because I, I like to save that bottom floor for the episodes that offend me as a Simpsons fan. Like if you ever have me on for a Camp Krusty or, so, or another <laughs> type, uh, then I, I, gotta, I have to keep my bottom, so I'm going to go participant. All right, and BT, finish it off. I walked into the room at a participant, but then I overheard something when I was yelling, and that was the <laughs> idea that... Things have clearly been cut for this episode to make way for worse things. And that makes me so unbelievably angry. I want to kick this in the pit of failure. So that's a failure for me because they sabotage themselves for nothing. It could have been a participant. It could have even made bronze because I like this premise. But no, ruined. All right. Well, averaging out, this will be a shiny failure, which, god damn, (laughs) sounds right. (laughs) That that, that was my yearbook quote. (laughs) Jack Jack McCone, shiny failure. And it'll be the fourth shiny failure from season 27. Yeah, this season has more shiny failures than any other season. It'll be joining how Lisa got her Marge back, where Marge reveals she doesn't like jazz. Again, (laughs) so few stakes. Gal of Constant Sorrow, where Lisa takes in that Uh, homeless Appalachian folk singer. Why do you make me remember the things we've done? (laughs) (laughs) And also one of the worst titled Simpsons episodes that I've ever come across. Teenage Mutant Milk Caused Hurdles. (laughs) Wait, isn't that one of my fake episode titles from uh, from our New Year's episodes? (laughs) Damn it, you got me. No, no, this is a real episode where... Bart, Lisa, and Maggie go through early puberty because of drinking hormone-laden milk. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Bart grows a moustache, Lisa gets acne, and Maggie turns into, like, Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> uh, at least at least they give her acne and not boobs or something. God. <laughs> oh, they're just three more seasons away. Yeah, give it time. <laughs> Alright, and before we move on, is that reputation justified? Is that reputation justified? <laughs> uh, this is the segment where we check in and see what other reviewers said about this episode, and... Our old friend Dennis Perkins of the AV Club. Dennis the Wildcard Perkins. He gave this a B plus. Of course he fucking did. Hey, hey. So, like, on Jeez. the AV Club scale, this is like B plus would be like our silver, our shiny bronze sort of. That's ridiculous. He says, 
What's so entertaining about Homer's journey and simprovise? I have trouble saying that word. <laughs> simprovised. What's so entertaining about Homer's journey and simprovised is how it grows out of his character. Sure, the episode is pretty streamlined since those last three minutes were set aside for the Bigs ratings grab, but lopping off the opening credits entirely helped. No, it's not streamlined. It's barren. There's a difference. <laughs> also, LOL at uh, big ratings grab. Yeah. Come on, we got it. We got to get home. Get in the car. Homer's about to improvise for three minutes. <laughs> Run the red lights. Go. Fire up your VCR. <laughs> yeah. Remember, they only move twice. Well, this is going to be as good as that. <laughs> All right. Well, yes, that does it. We can put the HD era episode aside. And now for our teens era episode, we are going to Brothers Little Keeper. Who knows what this episode is just based on title alone? Mm, Brothers Little Keeper. Um, Who has a brother? Uh, Lisa finds Bart's Trapper Keeper and discovers it's full of tarantulas. I don't know. Oh, shit. Did I say? Oh, shit. I said Keeper, didn't I? You did. That's why I got trafficking for. I'm only 90% sure what one of those is. Sorry, I meant to say Brother's Little Helper. Well, that's uh, completely different. <laughs> Mine, Bart gets a pill addiction. Yeah. Oh, there based, you go. Based on the Rolling Stones song, uh, Mother's Little Helper. Yeah, Bart gets a pill addiction. Oh, shit, I'm, I'm right? Yeah. <laughs> is, this the Mar- is, is this the Mark McGuire one? Yay. Yeah, hit some dingers. <laughs> All right, that one. All right, so yeah, we're going to sock a few dingers and we'll be back. <laughs> dingers, dingers, dingers. <laughs> And we are back, and we just watched our Teens Era episode. This was Season 11, Episode 2, Brothers Little Helper. First released in October of 1999, it was directed by Mark Kirkland, written by George Meyer. In this episode, Bart destroys the school gymnasium, so Homer and Marge decide to put him on um, ADD medication, focus in, and he takes too much and becomes really paranoid about Major League Baseball spying on him. Guys, what did we think? Is it paranoia if you're right? Oh yeah, <laughs> that's actually that's a big part of the problem I had with this episode is yeah the unclear message it had about medicating. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because it does he does turn out to be right. So this show is basically limitless before the movie Limitless. <laughs> yeah, like he takes it to become smart. <coughs> Excuse me, he takes it to become smarter, and then he just becomes like a super genius. <coughs> Jesus, <laughs> I think they're getting. To- <laughs> I think MLB is getting to me. <laughs> My God, they've got him. <laughs> But you see my point. Yeah, it's it, it's pretty much like, yeah, the fact that he starts seeing the conspiracies. And it reminded me of that kind of trope. Yeah, yeah there's a bit of Lucy in it as well. Is that yes. the Scarlett Johansson yes. movie? Yeah, that's the old, oh, we only use 10% of our brain thing, which, uh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> what if we use 12? <laughs> oh, my God, you'd be a uh. superhuman. <laughs> but I don't want to get all preachy because it's the simpsons should make jokes and back then uh i can't believe this was 20 years ago this month yeah but uh yeah and especially in america i don't know about you guys but the medication and ritalin and prozac all that was kind of becoming very very prominent and yeah that, that's the simpsons job is to kind of skewer that kind of stuff but it's the fact that they don't have a clear like line of what they're making fun of. And it's a very dangerous line to play because you don't, I know people aren't going to the Simpsons for medical advice, mm. but you don't want to 
marginalize the fact that people do rely on these a lot of people rely on these drugs and they are very helpful like can you imagine if this was about vaccination i don't know i hope there isn't a post-classic episode of simpsons where they make fun of vaccinations and like marge becomes (laughs) an anti-vaxxer and if they do that i hope they make fun of the anti-vax movement and it would be really terrible if like it turns out bart was fine not getting vaccines was good for bart and that i feel like this was almost getting there it wasn't but it made Mm. me a little uncomfortable yeah, well, I don't know if it was like such a huge problem in Australia, given like our medical system is, you know, drugs are a lot cheaper and it's not as much of a business. Um, are you trying to say the American healthcare system has some flaws? <laughs> That's exactly what we're here to say. <laughs> I think we open with our podcast at most weeks. <laughs> Welcome yeah. to the Simpsons Index. The American healthcare system is flawed. <laughs> yeah. It's on the online spreadsheet. <laughs> here are the flaws in the healthcare system. I was wondering why, like, all your addresses just got forwarded to Bernie Sanders. I was, I was curious. <laughs> but yeah, like, we noticed like a few of these shows were sort of talking on this issue. When South Park did an episode as well, where mm-hmm. the kids all started seeing little Christine Aguilera monsters. <laughs> uh, I forgot about that. What a show! But there is actually a post-classic episode where they sort of do this again with Lisa taking medication for her depression. Good, the sad, and the druggly. Yeah, which is our current HD best episode. But as good as that episode is, it has the sort of similar problem with this one in that it Mm. sort of takes the side of don't take drugs. And yeah, that's a shitty thing. (laughs) This one kind of ends with don't take anything harsher than Ritalin. It's like, wait, hang on. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly somebody in the writer's room, kid was on Ritalin and they're like, don't spoil this for me. Yeah. But while this episode was, you know, a vehicle for some pretty funny jokes, Mm. that vehicle was a tank at times. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) So let's hook into it. BT, we'll start with you. For better or worse, what's a moment that stands out to you from this episode? I'm just going to say the visual representation of, like, the drugs effect on Bart, because he first starts and his pupils are just a little bit smaller and to kind of represent him, you know, being highly focused. And it's fine. Later on, they're basically just pinpricks. And then by the end, he's got this kind of drooling teeth, kind of twitchy eye thing going on. But it's the fact that I never really noticed we get there slowly before. I, I knew we eventually got there, but I didn't really appreciate the steps we took to get there. Yeah. And the first step that I, because I noticed that as well, like there's just like a little bit of a line mm. under his eye that sort of makes it look like he is like a bit more heightened awareness and all that. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just even in the first scene, I think I noticed it when he's uh, talking to Lisa, and it's just he looks just a little clearer and a little more focused, and that's enough to let you know it's taking effect. And then, yeah, it obviously gets worse. Yeah. <laughs> or better. <laughs> well, for him, it was clearly better. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, no, now discussing this, I'm like, why did they take him off focus in? Like, yeah. Okay, he, he, was, he exposed a massive government conspiracy. Imagine what he could do if he kept going. <laughs> it's limitless. Yeah. He's got to, it should end with him running for president. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Jack? What stands out to you for better or worse? For better or worse, I, there's a few things, but I, I have to mention the seating chart they made of Bart's <laughs> grades yeah. and the 3D cone of ignorance. <laughs> and actually, I completely forgot. I wanted to text you this before we started recording, but that cone of ignorance and the seating chart was my Diorama Rama entry in 2015, Woohoo Classic Simpsons Trivia, which right now I'm currently hosting, which is crazy. But back then, 
I was a participant and my mm-hmm. diorama was the 3D cone of ignorance. And then I realized after I built it and me and my girlfriend had built it, I realized it was a season 11 episode. <laughs> I, I remembered the cone of ignorance, but I didn't remember the context. And I was like, oh no, everybody's going to make fun of me. Oh, wow. Well, we're, we're just looking at it now. That's really cool, man. <laughs> That's impressive stuff. <laughs> Did you, it looks like you just papered over a witch's hat or something. Um, yeah, as my ex-girlfriend, she was very crafty. I can't remember exactly what it was. Um, yeah. Yeah, it might have been that. Well, I actually just saw on uh, Twitter this morning, you guys recently had a costume contest? Yes, yeah, yeah, that was uh, last Thursday. I started hosting with Dan a few months ago, and actually Thursday at the costume contest, Dan announced his resignation, his retirement. As of right now, I am the solo host of Trivia, which is... Uh, Kind of crazy. Mm, yeah, uh, I don't. That might change in the next few months. We'll see. But yeah, it was a very successful costume contest. This was my first time as a judge, and it was very difficult. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah, because I saw you and Dan went as a couple's costume. With uh... <laughs> yes, yes. Last year, I was the fan man, <laughs> uh, and as soon as I, I was like, man, I just spent twenty five dollars on this helmet. What am I going to do with this fucking helmet? Uh, and then I realized, oh, you know what? Next year, I'll be gentle Ben. I'll just put a mic on the helmet. Mm-hmm. And my, I was asked my trivia team last Halloween. I was like, all right, you guys can all be Ben Control. It'll be really funny. Yeah. And then. A couple months ago i became host so i was like i guess ben control will be dan (laughs) (laughs) oh that's really good and there was some really amazing creativity and like super obscure references there well they have to get more obscure every year yeah the very first one back in 2011 2012 it was like homer and bart and then but then eventually all the ideas are taken so yeah it's it is fun to see you had not only come up with something obscure but something that people are going to get right away. Yeah. And that like is something you can actually make a costume. So it is always very creative what people come up with. I love the guy with the penguin on his hat from uh, <laughs> Homer's photographic memory. There was some really good ones. Our winner was uh, the gorilla vest. You can't see it in the photo. He also had the uh, loafers, former gophers, <laughs> and the hat that was his cat. Uh, just very good shit. Oh, wow. Could you imagine someone who actually recreated that entire wardrobe? That'd be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> This is pretty goddamn amazing. I'm just scrolling through it now. The nuts and gum, especially. <laughs> I loved. I love nuts and gum. I love nuts and gum. <laughs> when this comes out, uh, remind me, and I'll throw you the links to the Twitter moment so everybody could see uh, all the different costumes. No, totally. I'm hoping BuzzFeed picks it up. They've picked it up a few times in the past. Never one of the years I won. I've won a couple times. <laughs> oh yeah, what were any of you winning entries? I won as robotic Richard Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I actually didn't win, but only because I asked Dan not to pick me because I thought people would start rioting if he just kept picking his best friend as the winner yeah, every year. Yeah. But I was Fuzzy Bunny uh, <laughs> from the uh, the 70s video. Fuzzy Bunny's Guide to... Uh, what is it? Fuck. <laughs> uh, basically, what is it? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And good time to announce that next week will be our Treehouse of Horathon, our seventh, I believe. Mm. Awesome, awesome. I think you mean... Uh... V-I-I. Yes. <laughs> I know Roman numerals. Rocky 5, Rocky 1, Rocky 5 plus Rocky 2. Yep. And what stood out to me from this episode, this episode, not the sky, that's where clouds are born. <laughs> yeah, what are Mel's better lines? Yeah, like, we find Sideshow Mel to be pretty fucking annoying, like, in the <laughs> post-classic era. Like, especially we watched this episode the other week where he's, like, narrating it and parts of it. And it oh, I hate that episode, yeah. Mm. I remember that one. Oh, just gets tiresome. But, yeah, when you can punch him in short and sweet and 
yeah, this little bit where Bart's aiming the tank at the various places. Like, the frame store, you monster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And especially because it's the school, then the church, mm. then the frame store. <laughs> oh, no. Someone think of the children. <laughs> <laughs> awesome Mrs. Cravapple line there. Yeah, so I guess that's what stands out to me is there is some of these amazing jokes and even like, yeah, the cone of ignorance. These are things that stick out as... Mm classic bits even though this is far from being a classic feeling episode yeah yeah 100 it, it does it is from the night it is just makes it it is from the 90s so actually we do cover this episode at our uh, our 90s simpsons trivia so at uh, least i didn't get disqualified for my cone of uh mm-hmm. <laughs> and just scrape said <laughs> <laughs> Play count. How many times before today do you think you've seen this episode? Uh, a few times. A few times. Season eleven was definitely in the syndication era where I was still, you know, going to my grandma's after school every day and watching two, three episodes of the show. So I, I've definitely seen it, maybe ten times. Yeah. Maybe double digits. Yeah. I'd put it around the I don't know ten-ish something. Yeah. No, I've seen this one a fair bit. I, I stand by season 10 and 11 and most of 12. And yeah, I feel like this one, though, just sort of might have just been one of those ones that I kind of watch on the disc as it keeps yeah, playing. Yeah, it's know? on. Yeah. yeah. So, wackiness. Was this a particularly wacky episode of The Simpsons? I feel like I know the answer. <laughs> yeah, whack from top to bottom. Uh, start with the warped basketball court. <laughs> oh, I want that game to be played professionally. <laughs> See Kobe try and do that. Um, <laughs> that'd be a real test of skill. Yeah, you can, you can manage with a perfectly spherical ball at a perfectly flat court. How do you deal with this? <laughs> Definitely, I, I'm pretty sure tanks can't reach the uh, low Earth orbit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Any other side effects? Well, he quit blinking. <laughs> he says that's when you get they get you. <laughs> that's when they get you. I like that line a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I guess everything to do with the focus is just, yeah, ramped yeah. up wackiness. Pretty much the entire third act. Yeah, like the second, yeah, he starts putting on the tinfoil, it's just we're off to the races. Yeah, it's definitely not one of their more grounded episodes. Is he acting funny? Ray J funny or OJ funny? <laughs> Do you think that this is their latest and or their last Ray J joke? I mean, 1999 is a pretty far from the height of Ray J. <laughs> the Ray J rage. Yeah, the, the Ray J rage. They managed to get in more than fucking anyone would expect. <laughs> but he's so versatile. You can call him Ray or you can call him J. Oh, God. Or you can call him Ray J. <laughs> Somebody put a YouTube supercut of all the Ray J references, please. <laughs> Actually, I just remembered that is that episode in like season 14 i think where they go to yeah. uh, branson missouri just don't call me lazy i do three shows a day yeah oh god <laughs> <laughs> like that the ray j jokes were dated when the show came out yeah and that yeah. was kind of the joke that they were dated. <laughs> yeah exactly he appeared as himself in that episode too actually well, what oh, else wow. was he doing <laughs> <laughs> Three shows a day, I guess. But yeah, if Simpson, if I got a call and I was Ray J. Johnson, and it was the Simpsons. I told you to stop pranking me, and I would have hung up. It's the only reason anyone knows who he is. So. <laughs> a bit of wackiness that I really wasn't a fan of was when um, Homer actually eats the taffy. Yeah, the old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they're trying to do Looney Tunes, and mm-hmm. uh, I know Looney Tunes, sir, and you are no Looney Tunes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like that episode where Bugs Bunny took all those drugs. And then just calmly <laughs> sat down and stopped pranking people. <laughs> he was as good as those little guinea pigs. They do a lot of Marge's line on that. It's like, that's amazing. And darling. Yeah. <laughs> 
Speaking of Bugs Bunny, though, I was going to say, Wiggum made a drugs bunny pun. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's and right. This is this is one of the earlier instances of what we call on uh, our show, worst episode ever, the uh, Wiggum Lou Corner, yeah. where they have a little like married couple banter. It was, shoot the tires on the tank. And he's like, well, Chief, there are no tires. And it's like, I'm getting a little sick of you, Lou, or, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And I think that's one of the earlier instances of that happening. And it's something that, yeah, we notice on this show is a regular point for The Simpsons to return to. And like, mm-hmm. it's at the point now that I don't even recognize if it's funny or not. It's just because <laughs> it's just happened so much. They've kind of just, yeah, yeah drilled the, any potential of hilarity into the ground for me. Yeah, yeah, it's gone. And it's kind of like Homer with his, like, make a bunch of wacky noises routine as mm-hmm. well, where I- I'm finding it hard to actually differentiate the funny ones from the not funny ones. Yeah, I mean, at least this one at least looks good, but it's a little too, yeah, the instant brain damage joke. Yeah, yeah. Although I didn't mind the exorcism line. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that helped a lot, yeah. Is Mr. Simpson possessed by a demon? Yeah, he's like, get my exorcism tongs? Yeah. <laughs> and then the kid's going, yay! And being excited for the... It's good. That's like a perfect Flanders joke. Yeah. Holy water, a Bible, and tongs. <laughs> Blessed tongs. Really? Yeah, you've seen The Exorcist. Uh, yeah, I don't remember the tongs, though. Ah, uh, you must have seen the director's cut. <laughs> Is it any worse than what she does with the crucifix? Oh, far worse. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and so the other bit of wackiness I'll mention is, yeah, that whole intro sequence with the volunteer firefighters at Springfield mm-hmm. Elementary. I liked it also that the start of the and the end of the episode brought them into it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there are some pretty good gags throughout that. Like, I liked the whole Ralph sitting on that, what is it, Smokey the Bear? Yeah, just like it's Santa Claus. Yeah. You're not going to start any fires, are you? My house, we call them uh uh-ohs. Yeah, that was like one of the earlier instances of Ralph, you know, going from stupid kid to uh, very problematic child. Yeah, Yeah, he could use some focus then. Yeah. We also get a great Skinner line. He's like, fire, good for toasting s'mores or raining down on Charlie. (laughs) Yeah. What they wouldn't get away with anymore is the retardant joke. Yeah. Oh, they'd make it anyway. They wouldn't get away with it. But they'd make it. <laughs> I thought it was interesting that Willie suggests when Bart's acting up to put a hoe in his back, considering Willie's had an axe to his back several times in a single episode. Mm-hmm. This is indeed a disturbing universe. <laughs> he can make it look like a suicide. <laughs> Hoicide. <laughs> but yeah, I liked the firefighter players as well, especially like... <laughs> That was a fun pot party. Now for a regular cigarette, just so. <laughs> Should we get a second fire alarm? So it's not that they yeah. don't already have one, yeah. is they don't have a second one. No, yeah. one smoke detector is enough for Mad Dog. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, even in this universe of irresponsibility, they still have one. Yeah. <laughs> also, I love that when he does set himself on fire, the horrifying moral of the story mm. is it cost him the use of his pants. <laughs> Those are some good pants. <laughs> uh, another classic Simpsons joke I thought was like very on point, reminding me of the at its heyday was when Flanders is on fire and he stop drops and rolls and he just goes the rolling is spreading the fire. Uh, <laughs> that that's like that reminds me of the Simpsons just like tearing mm-hmm. down a, a very uh, you know common aphorism. Yeah. But again, like you were saying earlier in the episode, I hope people aren't taking their life advice from The Simpsons <laughs> and recognizing it for the ridiculous show that it is. I mean, you never know, man. Some people do take things away from shows. You know, the Seinfeld, the opposite episode. Apparently, some people have tried that as a philosophy oh, no. and just oh, done the opposite no. of their instincts. <laughs> the opposite of my instinct would be to not do that. So, yeah. so I guess so you would I, do it. So I would do it. <laughs> it's a horrible feedback loop. 
If every instinct you have is wrong, the opposite must be true. <laughs> the salmon swim upstream. <laughs> good for the tuna. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, what a good show. So, yeah, there's definitely more wackiness to talk about, but how about the heart of this episode? Did you guys feel any bumps? I mean, you get a little bit of classic Marge guilting like all mothers do. Oh, I thought maybe you'd loved me enough to try it. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely Marge getting in front of the tank, I thought would have, it was almost a very powerful Marge and Bart scene. I, yeah, I, yeah. I then didn't like the, thanks for stopping the tank. It ran out of gas. Like, wait, are you implying he would have run yeah, her down? Yeah, it undercuts mm. it. It's a shame. It's a funny joke. The delivery works. It, you get a laugh out of it, but it does undercut mm. the total emotion of like Bart stop, like overcoming the drug and stopping because of his love for Marge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, other than that, it's it's not really in this episode. You get kind of emotions from their cause of concern, which they then level out with some good old Valium. And dingers. <laughs> <laughs> I will say the biggest heart moment I had was the two showering GIs who are like, Sergeant said we're the worst bunch he's ever seen. And uh, he was just trying to motivate us. Well, it ruined the whole hike. <laughs> you feel that. You feel that deep in your bones. <laughs> and he ruined the whole shower as I well. I know, by yelling. I mean... <laughs> All he wanted to do was ask out a guy's wife. <laughs> you mentioned the dingers as well before. Like, how did that ending sit with us? Like, bringing in Mark McGuire. It really feels like a, such a forced, you know, special guest star, especially because McGuire was famous for about 18 months. Yeah. Not 18 months from that episode. He was like famous for 18 months and then we just forgot about him. But even like the line, Bart goes, but why, Mr. McGuire? It, ju- it just felt like, you know, and special guest star, Tim Conway. And yeah. walking <laughs> it was not great. Also, the animation, I never picked up on this until now. Maybe it's because I've been watching a shit ton of Star Trek. But Mark <laughs> McGuire, Simpsonified, looks like Jonathan Frakes. He's got like the permanent Botox and you know, it's a weird look. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, I mean, we just don't have that much familiarity with baseball at all. It's just not a thing here really but we understand tv yeah he was huge uh it was my freshman year in high school because i it was my first publication was an essay on it it was was so stupid but it was about how he broke the home run record for most home runs in a single season and it was neck and neck between him and sammy sosa so it it was a very big story for several months and everybody was so excited about it uh, and the record he was breaking was Roger Maris's. And when Roger Maris broke Babe Ruth's record, everybody booed him because everybody loves Babe Ruth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was like, it was like, you can't break. It's like if somebody broke Jordan's Michael Jordan's record. It's like you can't do that. He's a legend. So poor Roger Maris got booed. But meanwhile, everybody was cheering on McGuire and Sosa. So I wrote. I was like 14, 15 years old, and I wrote this essay on it. And I, it, was, it was so soapboxy and stupid. I, I it was called "Whatever Happened to the Legends of the Diamond?" Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was terrible. Yeah, because I, I, what's with the sentiment of, no, you can't do well? It's like, but <laughs> it's... I, I'm doing well. <laughs> like, they're legends because they made these records. I'm breaking it. Therefore, I should be a legend? <laughs> exactly. I um, When the Giants, the New York Giants, beat the Patriots uh, 10, 12 years ago, I'm a Giants fan, so I was elated, and everybody hates the New England Patriots, mm. uh, and I was at a party, and this guy was rooting for him. I was like, why are you rooting for them? He goes, look, if they win, it'll be the first time ever some a team has won every single game in the season. That's incredible. Like That's such an huh. amazing athletic achievement. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, but they suck. <laughs> <laughs> They're winning every game, but they still suck. <laughs> yep. See, I thought the point was achievement, but obviously I was wrong. Just proving forever that sports are stupid. (laughs) I think we had a similar thing that someone was about to break Don Bradman's record and they uh, decided to throw it like at the last ball or something. Really? No, idiot. Do well. (laughs) What is wrong with you? Oh, 
cricket. Yeah, that cricket's our baseball. It fucking <laughs> takes ages and <laughs> people barely run. And yeah. In our defense, <laughs> what, your average baseball game is, what, three, four hours? I don't know. Yeah, about that. Yeah, cricket lasts an entire day. Yeah. <laughs> And that's the shortened version. Yeah. <laughs> God, cricket is a stupid. Have we pilot. in the India episode? Maybe have, have, has there ever been a Simpsons to do a cricket episode? I. It don't... seems like one of the most major sports they haven't done a done a sports episode of yet. No, they've done soccer a couple of times now. New spec script. Homer gets into cricket because he can drink beer all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh yeah, writing that down. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> they told me I was going to be a bowler. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, all I know from Mark McGuire as well is that Lonely Island music video thing that they did a little while ago that Mm -hmm. dropped onto Netflix, but I only got like 15 fucking minutes into that. (laughs) I really don't like the Lonely Island and God damn, I keep trying. (laughs) They're hit and miss for me. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't Mark McGuire one of the ones that got caught up in like a steroid scandal or was that someone else? I think he he eventually ended up, they did find out he was on steroids. Everybody was in the 90s. (laughs) So after this episode came out, that would have broken. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's one of the ones that uh, they were like, should we remove his name from the record books because he was basically cheating? And people were like, but everybody cheats. It's okay. <laughs> oh, wow. That's like an amazing coincidence in an episode centered around drugs, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, even Martin was on hormones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was ready to fucking fuck Ralph up. <laughs> <laughs> so ultimately, though, did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? The gags were there. The gags were there. I like when Bart calls it dope. And Marge goes, "It's not dope." <laughs> you know that it feels like a Marge line. Speaking of Marge, I love um, Bart says it's making his testicles big, <laughs> and you see like his enlarged testicles, and Marge doesn't buy it for a second. She's like, "Get those oranges out of there!" And then she puts them in their lunch, and Lisa goes, "Ew!" And she. Oh, grow up, please. (laughs) And Bart's just, yeah. I still remember the first time I saw this joke. I was legitimately shocked, and I don't know when, like, a Simpsons has ever done a joke that actually was like, what? (laughs) They're doing an inflated testicle joke. Oh, they're just oranges. But shit, they went there. For a moment there, you were clutching your pearls, being like, oh my (laughs) love. I never suspected this from the Simpsons. (laughs) That's my third monocle this week. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I'll have to cross-reference with Frankie because yeah, I'm pretty sure this is the first time he says testicles. Hmm. Yeah, but one more, and one more I have, I have a bunch more, but does it feel like the Simpsons, the Krusty the Clown show felt like Krusty with when the bow tie goes off and he goes, he's says something like, I asked you to have this at 60 RPM and ramp it up to 100 at the upskirt. And like that kind of behind the scenes technical vaudeville gag was so classic crusty. And then Mm -hmm. I think Lisa says, Bart, you're missing it. He's firing his associate producer. (laughs) Such a specific title. I love those little jokes like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But yeah, and just saying that there was going to be an upskirt scene with Sideshow Mel, like (laughs) rather than showing it. It's great. Well, I think everything except the third act feels very Simpsons. Yeah. And then once we've hit full whack, it's uh, it's different. Yeah. <laughs> not, not necessarily bad, not necessarily good, just a uh, very different tone. Although the uh, the whack, the, thir- the third act does have another gag, which I have like dissociated from the episode, and it's just uh-huh. in my pantheon of classic gags. Yeah. And it's all the clowns getting out of the car before yeah. the tank runs over it, <laughs> and Sir Widebottom is stuck. First of all, the name, Sir Widebottom, being yeah. stuck. Yep. Then his ass deflates when the car gets ran over. And he goes, I'm, I'm sure I'm alive, but why? Yeah. <laughs> I-, I must have said that line a million times. Yeah, did I? Oh, that is such a mood. <laughs> yeah. And I do really love the uh, little bit of Burns and Smithers, like, Smithers! 
voices were raw. Begin profiteering at once. Who <laughs> <laughs> trust the Democrats to let the Spaniards back into the pantry? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, classic Burns. Felt like Burns. Yeah. Oh, so wonderful. But yes or no, would you watch this one again? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, th- at this point, there's so many episodes that you don't need to rewatch ones you're on the fence about, and mm. I am on the fence about this, but it's still got to be, it's definitely top 30% of the show, so uh, I, I would imagine in some world where I only can watch The Simpsons, I would get sick of my favorite episodes at some point, and I would throw this on. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a good point. But yeah, I'd watch it again. And, you know, if we're going to put together a Simpsons playlist, that's a good context to watch this episode. So what playlist would we watch this in? Uh, Stealing military equipment. Yeah? To put it with the one where the Homer accidentally steals the submarine or the one where Sideshow Bob steals the nuke. Oh, yeah. They do this a lot. That's good. Maybe uh, one of the Simpsons uh, loses their mind, Marge becoming an obsessive gambler or uh, Marge also on steroids. Yeah. Marge becoming a road rage. Yeah. Prescription drugs playlist. To put it with, uh, you know, Homer's (laughs) on weed or um, Lisa on antidepressants. Yeah. And seeing all the smiley faces everywhere. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm drawing a blank of it here. <laughs> you need we, you need some focusing. I really fucking do. <laughs> <laughs> we just call it coffee. <laughs> oh, I could really go for some coffee right now. So, Jack, what would you change about this episode to improve it? The end of it should have a better resolution mm. than either A, he was right about the drugs, or back what I said at the very top, they need to have some kind of message about the drugs rather than just using them as a platform for the for the jokes. Yeah, I don't know what that exactly would be uh, on the spot, but I would hope if I had a few weeks in a writer's room with some very talented people, we would find some kind of, you know, way to do it where it's not preachy and it's still very funny, but it's just it's enough of a actual coherent through line that doesn't make you a little squirmy. Yeah, because I felt like they were trying to like make a comment on the whole overprescription nature and you know. Companies saying, oh, yeah, 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 kids got ADD. Yeah, give them this, give them this, give them mm-hmm. this. But it was only focused on Bart. And I felt like they were even dropping hints at it with like him in the playground, you know, yeah. talking about treatments with the other kids and, and also Homer as well. I felt like in that meeting with Skinner that they were dropping hints that Homer is also undiagnosed ADD and mm-hmm. that maybe it was going to be a father-son thing. So... Yeah, I just realized I've jumped on the question before throwing it to BT like I normally do, but I guess that's what I'd change about it. I'd, like, have more people in the town being um, prescribed this drug, and maybe this is an egregious company that's only looking to profiteer, and they've just got something that does work, but they unintended side effects or whatever turns all the kids into the children of the con and then they uh (laughs) we already did we all we know all your secrets but still (laughs) and how about you vt what would you like to change yeah i think mostly just that last sting so have it be you know bart knocks down the satellite and says see i told you i was right all along like that's great son but we can't afford this drugs you're going back to your old delinquent self yeah you know, at yeah. least there's something yeah. there to say, yeah, it works, but also the American healthcare system is fucked. <laughs> um, just a reworking of that third act. I don't know what exactly, but it just really goes so far off rails and then doesn't seem to have a point. And then technically, if Bart's on Ritalin now, shouldn't he be, you know, a little more focused? Yeah. Sure, he's not on focus and focused, but there's got to be a happy medium, surely. Because, I mean, it's, it's one of those episodes where the highs are quite high, but the average kind of level of it all is a bit is a little bit flatter than I realized. Yeah. All right, we're here. Jack, do you have any other notes? Uh, yeah, I guess I have two more notes with a little bit more meat to them. The Showgirls parody sucked 
It was literally just showgirls. It was mm-hmm. it was basically just like, hey, showgirls, you're on. Take your tops off. You're on in five. Yeah. And it's it's almost like you know it's Paul Verhoeven. How are you satirizing a movie that's already satire? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. The movie literally is. All right, girls, get your tops off. It's showtime. Like that is the movie. So you're not doing a joke. You're just kind of recreating it. Except I did like Marge's line where she's like, and I'm enjoying the friendship between showgirl and the seamstress. Yeah. Because it, it ate up like a good twenty seconds. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because then there was that shut up bit which probably dragged on a bit too long but also i liked homer's little bear souvenir with the little uh, flag pennant yeah (laughs) yeah that was good too and then my one other note i guess is at the end he takes the riddle in and he sings popeye yeah uh and he goes i'm popping and sailing man and i get that you're trying to make it sound like popeye the sailor man but poppin' and sailing, and I hope you guys know this, but maybe you don't, are not American slang. Nobody <laughs> says, I'm sailing, man, or I'm popping. <laughs> but poppin' and sailing, just like, that's so lazy. That's mm-hmm. they literally just like, what sounds like Popeye the Sailor, man? Yeah. So, Poppin'. So, po- yeah. so Poochie? Poochie? <laughs> yeah, it's just fucking Simpsons' weird fascination with Popeye. Like, mm-hmm. there's that other episode uh, yeah. where Homer gets his jaws wide shot, and it's a wonderful episode. But then they just fucking bail out of it with this weird Popeye ending. Yeah. Where Homer saves Marge from a destruction derby by drinking beer and getting powered up Popeye style. And she's got like olive oil arms and they're like wobbly and that's stupid. Yeah. In an otherwise pretty good episode, yeah. Yeah. Although in their defense, uh, Devil's Advocate, Popeye I think is one of the greatest animated shows of all time uh, the the original 1930s 40s popeye not necessarily the uh, hanna barbera stuff but it was so ahead of its time and it's so visually appealing i, ha- I have the dvd set it's one of the only things i put on rewatch oh wow uh, and the film mm-hmm. that they made three films and my favorite is sinbad the sailor i think is one of the most beautiful animated films of all time even to this day and the fact that it came out in the 30s Mm. basically they would shoot some like live action miniatures of caves and stuff and then animate Popeye walking through them and it was so bright and colorful in a time where most films were still black and white it was I think Popeye is like in the top pantheon of animated shows so I could see why the Simpsons writers and animators would have a soft spot for it it doesn't excuse them using it as a lazy plot device (laughs) but I could see why it comes up a lot yeah, no, I actually do remember you sharing a bit of it on Twitter and like they were doing some like interesting parallaxing things with it as well, which was yeah, astounding for that era of yeah, filmmaking. Yeah. Watch it on YouTube, HD if you can, Popeye uh, versus Sinbad the Sailor. It's like 13 minutes long. It's one of my all-time favorite cartoons. Oh, wow. Uh, how about you, BT? Any other notes? Bart gives Homer chicken soup for the loser. <laughs> I don't think I entirely got what this bit was about, but I got a chuckle out of it. So. Oh, yeah, and he gives them the advice to have turn his pants into cutoffs and they do that <laughs> zoom out reveal. Fucking amazing. I love that. Yep. Marge is like muttering to Homer what they're going to do that night. He's like, with butterscotch on it? I think you misheard me. <laughs> Which makes me really wonder what she said. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, another joke that I find it hard to tell what are the good and bad ones is the Simpsons whisper jokes. Mm. But yeah, this one, yeah, really floored me <laughs> with a side of butterscotch. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Another playlist idea is exercise while on a treadmill and with oh, attached yep. to electrodes. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, But instead of Scully thinking Homer could lose some weight, it was Bart <laughs> thinking it could be some good exercise. Which was a great joke, Bart being the one that suggested it. Yeah. <laughs> and Mr. Burns being a big boy. <laughs> <laughs> the Valium injection and Homer just has air in it. <laughs> mm. uh, funny and uncomfortable. Yeah, I honestly think I would have liked that better if they were just both Valium. 
Yeah, well, because he, he apparently had a heart attack. Yeah. And is fine. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when that was a whole episode? Yeah. <laughs> Because, yeah, it was like the commercial break, and I think the joke actually just was the giant oil drum of Valium <laughs> with comical uh, robot <laughs> arms with Mickey Mouse gloves injecting yep. them. I, I think that was the joke. Like, More things with Mickey Mouse gloves, please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my final note is I do like Mark McGuire hiding all that information just under his hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just giving that shifty eye of the look of, mm, what? Mm, nothing, yeah. nothing to see here. All right. Time for my final notes. Oh, Skinner beating up that clown, uh, the little thing that returns to, oh, yeah, like, right. yeah, that sticks in my mind. And, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, Skinner being more too much of a wuss these days. We get a little bit of aggressive Skinner in these moments. Mm-hmm. He's got his sleeves rolled back. He's just taking it all out of this punching bag. Yeah. The shadow as he's looming over Bart after the gymnasium mm-hmm. breaks. It's great. Oh, yeah, and that Smokey the Bear also dried himself like a dog in that moment, too. It was really good. I really want to know what video game Bart was playing, then. There's a lot of things all at once. Yeah, I feel like the direct inspiration was Tony Hawk, and then, for whatever reason, every Simpsons video game, no matter what, is still rooted in, like, 80s arcade. So they, yeah, they took yeah. the PS1 era Tony Hawk game and Simpsons fight it with UFOs and lasers and mm. God knows what else. <laughs> Tony Hawk Pro Skater 44. Hawk versus lasers. Aliens. <laughs> I don't know. We're probably not far away from that. Call me Activision. <laughs> Imagine yeah, Dragons can do the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so funny. I, earlier in the year, I went and saw Goldfinger. And I don't know if you guys know this band, but a lot of people don't because like they weren't really w- getting the crowd on side. And then all of a sudden, it was like, who owned Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1? <laughs> then you might remember this song. And it went into Superman. You know? Oh, man. I was very much into pop punk because of Dan in high school. And Goldfinger was got a lot of playtime. Yeah? On my disc, man. Yeah. Yeah. I was a loser. <laughs> I was a loser with terrible taste in music. Did they ever cover the Bond theme? No, they did cover 99 Red Balloons, though. Really? Oh, that would have been a good one. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> uh, look at those dogs going at it and then reveal that they're just fighting over a fan belt. <laughs> yeah. I think they were trying to imply that the dogs were. Oh, they definitely were. Porking. <laughs> Pork is not a verb. <laughs> I liked that the little note-taking thing had a cheese grater in it. Mm-hmm. I could do a lot of things with that. Yep, could do a lot of things. I had Lenny's name on that. <laughs> <laughs> they have it now. Oh, there are so many good jokes. This is making the ranking really tough for me. Yeah, I do like that it's not Lenny's number, it's Lenny's name. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was the extent. It probably had six kilobytes of uh, memory. <laughs> A bit of world-class cheese grater. <laughs> and my final note is I'm always happy to hear a bit of Fleetwood Mac, even if it's, yeah, sung by Bart. Yep. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Don't stop. Let me squeeze back in because I forgot this one, but I have to say it. I remember this one from the commercials. So whenever there was a syndicated episode, I would see the same 15-second soundbite of the upcoming Simpsons while I was watching Seinfeld or whatever was before it. And for this episode, they would always use the line to get the story across, he's gone from goofus to gallant. So like that that line delivery is burned into my brain. Oh, wow. I didn't even like remember it on this watch. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> only because of the commercial, only because of like the 15 second commercials leading up to the episode when it would air. You know, tonight yep. at 630 on The Simpsons, Bart takes some drugs and does it change him? And then, it, you know, it uses a clip from the show and be like, he's gone from goofus yeah. to talent. Yeah. Yeah. We have that at the moment, actually, with the perfectly legally acquired files of uh, new episodes that we have where <laughs> it's like season 26. They all start with sounds delicious. It's, it's not. not. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, it's time to rank this thing. I don't envy the person who has to go first. 
which is Beach. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. This one is a bit tough because I do get some decent jokes out of it. But again, I feel like these jokes are more standing out amongst a pretty mediocre episode, if I'm completely honest. Like, the, the good parts are very good, but they're just, their background is kind of flat. And I think the fact the story doesn't really come together in a particularly interesting or, it's just such a slap together ending, makes me wish there were more jokes in this one. So what I'm really getting around to saying is bronze. Yeah, I think I want to give it a silver for the joke quality, but yeah, episode quality is just not up there for me. It's like I think the only moment I laughed out loud was during the Burns bit because I'd yeah. completely forgotten it existed. Whereas all the bits I knew were still, you know, funny, but I was like, yeah, this is this bit. How about you, Jack? What do you reckon? Uh, I'm really torn between bronze and silver. Um, you guys are starting to convince me definitely more bronze, but I'm just. I'm still like grading on a curve of there's just mm. so many hundreds of episodes that are worse than this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really I'm right on that that silver bronze fence. I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go silver just because if, if one of you had gone silver, I probably would have gone bronze. But I feel like there needs to be some silver in the mix. Yeah, well, I'm kind of glad someone did, because mm. averaging out, this will be a shiny bronze, which sounds right. Yeah, shiny bronze, dull silver. I think that's where it needs to be. This will be the fourth episode from season 11 to be called A Shiny Bronze. It'll be joining Days of Wine and Dozers when Barney gets sober. I haven't seen that episode in 20 years. Yeah, I was surprised with that one. It didn't hold up for me. Like, I always thought it was such a good character development for Barney, but the episode as a whole doesn't... It's a fine adventure, but yeah, I don't think it's it's got some joke problems. And... Yeah. Barney should have yeah. just took focus in. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> also be joining Alone Again, Natra Diddley when they kill Maud, yeah. which... Yeah. yeah, there's an episode that starts out, I think, really bad, but then sort of comes around, but then loses it again. Mm. Yeah, for my opinions on that episode, check out Worst Episode Ever. <laughs> I think we, oh, we, yeah, co- that's right. you guys we covered, covered that, that one. one. Yeah. And also Beyond Blunderdome, which, yeah, I think was still ranked too high up. <laughs> which one's that? Oh, sorry, that's, yeah, the Mel Gibson one. Uh, I have a soft spot for that episode because I fucking love Mel Gibson, even though he's a horrible person. I do think he was able to laugh at himself in the episode, which is fine. But yeah, he's still a fucking racist asshole. <laughs> yeah, but in the context of the time it was made, that was not a thing. Yeah. He's like he's like Sideshow Mel. We liked him, now we don't. <laughs> yep. Oh, surprise they didn't do a Sideshow Mel I know, joke. It's right there. <laughs> it's right there. Put a bone in his head. That'd be perfect. <laughs> All right, guys, we've done the HD. We've done the teens era. It is time that we move on to our classic and what a classic we have lined up for you. Strap on your skates. We are going to watch Lisa on Ice. We'll be back. Ah, my favorite episode. All right, and we are back, and we just watched our classic and final episode. This was Season 6, Episode 8, Lisa on Ice. First released in November of 1994, it was directed by Bob Anderson, written by Mike Scully. In this episode, oh come on, you know this one. This is where Lisa and the skates and the Bart on the skates, and then they, the, the, uh, <laughs> they're going to do this, and if they get hit, it's their own fault. Guys, what do we think? Man, this episode fucks so hard, <laughs> I, I might be pregnant. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, like I said before, this is my 
I'm not one to rank anything, favorite movies, favorite songs. I, I think mm-hmm. it's very silly to pick a favorite, but uh, mm. this is my nominal number one episode of all time. The jokes are on point. Mm-hmm. It's also, I have a younger sister, and when this episode came out in 94, I was 10 and she was 8. Oh, wow. And uh, we also have a very antagonistic, or did at the time, relationship. <laughs> so it was where we were Bart and Lisa. So this episode has a very, very special place in my heart. Uh, it's also the episode that won my grandmother over. Oh, right. uh, we were watching it, and w- yeah, when Homer goes to eat the pie, she just started <laughs> busting out laughing, uh, and we were so excited. It's like Grandma likes the Simpsons, so we forced it down her throat, and then uh, within about six months, she was like, "All right, enough. I get it." <laughs> I like that the pie gag was the one that won her over as well. <laughs> it re- yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so this is just this is a very special episode. Yeah. Mm. Well, I especially felt for Homer because. I'm continuously banging my head on my rain shirt at home and I don't dent it in quite the dramatic way that he did, but Jesus, like it's got a really sharp edge on it as well. Uh, I think that's probably why the fan button isn't working anymore. Uh, Because you've headbutted it too many times. (laughs) I reckon so. My gross apartment and my gross roommates, my range is so goddamn greasy that if I did hit my head, I would just slide right off. (laughs) And uh, into the next room like Homer in that other episode. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. All right, let's hook into the questionnaire. Jack, your nominal favorite episode. What stands out? Pick one moment that stands out for better or worse. Oh, God. I I was writing down so many jokes. I was like, let me just write the ones that I use every day Mm. in everyday language. And even that is still too many to choose from. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, one moment. I'll say this might be my favorite Mo scene of all time, where Mo comes in <laughs> and he's uh, checking them out. He's like, oh, hey there, Midge. And it has one of my favorite Marge lines, where uh, I actually did this at Trivia. It was a, a trivia question, and I love acting out the delivery. Uh, and she's like, you caught me at a real bad time, Mo. I'm too tense right now to pretend I like you. <laughs> a rare moment of honesty from Marge. It, yeah, it's great. And it's just a perfect Mo. Like I love Mo as like a shitty jerk who's like in mm. over his head over like post classic rapist Mo. Mm. Come on, Blanche, they're gonna take my thumbs. <laughs> yeah. Who's sixty five k in the hole and needs Pee Wee hockey to bail him out? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's perfect. It's perfect. Is there any particular reason why he calls her Blanche? Is this a reference I'm not getting? It's just that he doesn't really know her name, so it's Midge at first, then it's Blanche. It's that classic, <laughs> I don't really know, so I'm going to kind of skirt around it thing. Oh, okay. I guess Blanche is Marge-esque. Yeah. Oh, Mitzi. Yeah. <laughs> this scene is amazing as well. And yeah, I really like that moment from Marge where, yeah, she's normally one to put up a face and yeah, you know just sure. tolerate, but no. <laughs> How about you, BT? What's a moment that stands out to you for better or worse? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do a quick double tip if I can. I really liked Lisa's development. She starts off being, you know, scared and ends up being a total hard ass. We go from that, but she goes from playing scared to be the goalie to the bit where Homer invites her to ride up front. And then we get a little montage of her getting better and better until she's like, hack the bone. Yeah. But then that flows really into, wow, you know, if Lisa's better at sports than you, is, are you going to get better at school than her? <laughs> like, Maybe I will. We get that phenomenal montage. Yeah, that flows into him getting beat up. That flows into Lisa running in and saving him, and that just all ties into not only a joke but also the plot and also the heart. It's everything all within like 
two minutes of stuff. It's great. It's, it's incredible. Great. Yeah, I want to just jump on that real quick too. Also, the music in this episode is amazing. And during that scene where Lisa oh, yeah. gets the, the hack the bone sequence and then the Bart being uh, good at school or, or trying to be good at school, the music is so yeah. good. It's weird that they have, yeah, two back-to-back montages, but it doesn't feel like it's an overuse of that yeah. format of storytelling because I think it's sold with that music where Lisa's got the, you know, sweltering strings that are giving her power and then Bart's got, like, the chip a little... I think the reason the montages don't feel overused is because they're serving different points. Lisa's one is to show her getting better, whereas Bart's one is just a joke. Yeah, And I think that's really what helps say that if they were both doing the same thing, it would be really dull, but they serve completely different masters the other thing i really want to quickly point out though is homer is such a shit in this one (laughs) but he gets away with it because he's that perfect exaggeration of an overbearing sports parent Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. who like you know switches which kid he loves depending on which one's doing better or (laughs) keeps bart's turtle until he wins the game (laughs) threatens to kill bart if he loses yeah Yeah. (laughs) and even with the live line on the turtle it's like here's your turtle alive and well (laughs) what was the plan if he lost was he just gonna crush it gonna kill you and your fucking turtle (laughs) but it works so well because a it's always so funny every time he's got one of those incredibly shitty lines yeah or shitty parenting lines but it's just yeah that hyper exaggeration of a sporting parent who just yeah wants them to win no matter what <laughs> and in dan Catalana, i think this is just he's so good obviously but this is one of his every single line delivery is perfect as homer mm. competitive violence that's why you're here <laughs> <laughs> and completely undercutting march who owned that moment until <laughs> Homer barges into the room starts flicking the light switch. Fight, 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 fight. Want to see you both fighting for your parents' love? <laughs> I think that's it as well. Like uh, He's a vehicle for that exact thing that Lisa was talking about. You know, mm. parents pushing their kids into unrealized unre- dreams of glory. Hey, um, I don't need this. I swallowed my favorite whistle today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, yeah, that's what stands out to me is that Homer's transition from showering praise onto Bart to Lisa. Mm. You know, starts with the simple thing of him not letting Lisa share the front seat. And so, yeah, oh, I tried. <laughs> Even like in that moment where they were at Lisa's game, when Homer was laughing with Bart at Lisa or with Lisa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with her. <laughs> and even though they were having a good time together, Homer still let Lisa have the front seat on her own after mm-hmm. the game. I think that was a really important pivot in the episode to yeah. show all that. Like the fact that Lisa has suddenly found something she's good at athletics wise, mm-hmm. you know, that could have been a story in itself. It would have been kind of boring and one dimensional, but you know, there's plenty of other movies and other shows that use that as a plot. But yeah, the fact that it's making the competition with Bart where like he has lost his that status as the uh, star child. Mm. Yeah. And that's the moment where she gets to the front seat. Oh, it's perfect. And the fact that for the most part, there is only the A plot, but even mm. the smaller side plots, like everybody, Homer and Marge, everybody's coming at the same core story just from different angles. And that's yeah. always the best way to do an episode like this. Yeah, well, I've definitely noticed that is one of the big difference between the classic era and more modern episodes is that you've got the town of Springfield reacting to one thing that's following mm. through, whereas the reason that more HD era episodes feel like a sketch show is because they're just doing diversions to unrelated shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What if Bart and Lisa build a cardboard fort in the backyard? It's like, no, just what, what's Bart and Lisa's opinion on the A-plot? That's what we want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, you're right. It influences the entire town. You've got, you know, the girls are having a little skip song about it. Yeah. They show how bloodthirsty the entire crowd is, because even when Ma- Hans Molman falls down, they're like... <gasps> 
<laughs> pointing get, at him. I, I laugh out loud every time Hans falls, and they all just stop what they're doing to point and yeah. laugh. I also like that he doesn't get up because later yeah. on he's like, "We ask for blood." He's still lying on the ground. Uh, it's great, um, and also the fact that Wiggum lets the the prisoners loose. And... <laughs> oh, Wiggum's amazing in this episode. He yeah. also like pretty well instigates the riot. <laughs> like, let's I mean, this place apart. The, the, yeah, yeah, that's it. Like the blood was already boiling. Everyone yeah. was already sweltering. But yeah, he was the straw that encouraged people break the caramels back. How's yep. that metaphor go? What I don't know. Play <laughs> yeah. count. How many times before today have we you seen this episode? Uh, I would love if there is some kind of afterlife and you die and you get your stats. I would love for somebody to tell me how the exact number of times I've seen this episode. I countless, dozens. Yeah. Yeah, I'm also hoping for the death stats. Um, yeah. Man, I... A lot. <laughs> yeah, that's a religion I can get behind. <laughs> Wackiness. Was this a particularly wacky episode of The Simpsons? Uh, the volleyball pops on Lisa's hair. <laughs> Children, that there was, was her only ball. ball. There'll be no team this year. <laughs> how sharp is Lisa's hair? <laughs> That's about as wacky as it gets, though. It's fairly grounded. There's the, you know, uh, the improbable wacky, and then there's the impossible wacky. So plenty of improbable, you know. I do love, they knock down Millhouse. It's like, a goalie cannot stand up. You know what? Get some rope. Yeah. I've <laughs> got defense, defense. You call that blowing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a coach up who was. Oh, uh, I'm very curious how long it took them in the writer's room to decide on the coaches, Wiggum and Apu. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. they had their, you know, they could have picked any tertiary Springfield character secondary. I wonder how they came to that conclusion. It doesn't matter. It works perfect. But yeah, it's uh, an interesting uh, question. I mean, who else could it have been? Uh, not Lenny. <laughs> no, not Lenny. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, Wiggum especially, you know, he's not exactly the well, picture of physical uh, fitness. Apu doesn't have kids at this point. At least, yeah. you know, Wiggum has Ralph on their team. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Who apparently now has his bone hacked. <laughs> <laughs> I would say the wackiest moment of the episode is totally acceptable and not wacky because it's a dream yep. sequence. Monster Island. I mean, that's one of the all-time top classic Simpsons gags. <laughs> what he means is it's actually a peninsula. And like, talk about two montages, one after another. When do you see a, a flashback or dream sequence that has a second full scene after it? Like You have yeah. her taking the oath of office, and then yeah. it cuts to weeks or months later of her on Monster Island. And it's... it's just such a you know we, we take it for granted because that gag is so burned into our head mm-hmm. but what a weird joke <laughs> like yeah. she's sent to monster <laughs> island <laughs> don't worry it's just a name and jumping ahead to simpsons playlists as well i can't believe yeah they've gotten two very good peninsula jokes <laughs> into episodes <laughs> with the yeah bachelor island yeah. was actually a peninsula <laughs> fucking i just want to get on this boat and get out of here well you can just walk ah. <laughs> And there is a bit of implied wackiness with Marge taking Milhouse's tea. <laughs> it's wacky, but it's still so Marge. It's a heightened Marge, but it's so Marge. Yeah, yeah. she heard Lisa was going to join the hockey team, grabbed some evidence to... <laughs> yeah, for the cautionary tale. <laughs> Stop showing us. <laughs> and then he comes back to get them. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> with the dentist. There wasn't even his parents. The dentist took, escorted him to, to uh, the Evergreen yeah, Terrace. It's, it's one of those things where the background of that must have just been like, he's at the dentist and it's like, well, do you know who has your teeth? <laughs> I think it might be my friend's mom. <laughs> well, let's go it's, talk it's, to her. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like she wouldn't give them back. 
<laughs> and to be admitting guilt and losing her prop for her cautionary tale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this is going to be a big one. The heart. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's all right in the air, but it's built up so well. as. Uh, I just want to first say, fuck me up, fam. <laughs> <laughs> yep, the shadow puppets and the ice cream and that. <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not crying, I am crying. <laughs> Like I said, it, this is this is me and my sister's relationship to a T. I've teared up at that end more than once. Um, actually, I saw on. I hate copying other people's ideas for tattoos or stuff, just because you know it's supposed to be a personal thing. But it's yep. such a good idea that I think I'm going to do it. Me and my sister. I saw actual brother and sister on their the back of their ankles have Bart and Lisa in their hockey gear doing the. Uh, well, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And if you're in my way, it's your own <laughs> fault. And it's kind of a mix because they're not in their hockey gear when they do that gag but yeah. it's just it's such a perfect tattoo so i think i might do that get bart doing it and have my sister get one uh, on her ankle doing it I, I i'm not even gonna ask her permission she's got a ton <laughs> of tattoos anyway so i'm like look we're doing this i'll pay yeah. for it and we're gonna do it you're just gonna wake up with a new tattoo <laughs> be on the back of the ankle it'll take a weeks to notice <laughs> if she says no i guess i'll just get homer in the pie on both my legs <laughs> but uh this is a good point though since we're talking about that scene really is 90 percent of the heart mm-hmm. the one complaint i have of this episode the one flaw i think is in the story mm-hmm. is they don't really set up barton lisa's love it kind of comes out of nowhere now we've watched six seasons of the show at this point we know that they love each other they've yeah. bonded before but really, there's nothing in the episode that shows at one point they used to be close, but as they got older, they fell apart. Maybe when Bart became a star mm-hmm. or whatever. So it's not like they ever come full circle back to being close. It's they start out already as antagonists. Lisa's mad because Bart's getting away with all those uh, academic mm-hmm. alerts. And that's it. And then they just suddenly the montage does all the work. And it's so well done. And this is such a minor complaint. But you could have tightened it up a little bit with just a, a little bit here and there, even a line like around Honey Bunny, like, remember, we used to be close and you used to take care of me and now you're, you're rooting against me. Yeah, you know, something to imply that they were here. Now they're mm-hmm. here. That way, when they're here again, it's that much more sweet. But that's the only complaint I have of this episode. And it's such a tiny yeah. complaint. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I never thought that, yeah, they're starting out antagonistic and Homer's only reinforcing that as well. Like, yeah. And I think it's fair to assume you know the show by now. Yeah. Yeah, you've seen yeah, some yeah. moments. It's... I did actually have a one little gripe at <gasps> the end. Yeah. There's a couple of scenes where Bart, when they're playing the hockey game, where he's skating with the puck and he's like skating away from Lisa. Mm-hmm. You can see the goalie and the goal is wearing green and orange, so... Like, surely he should be skating away from a goalie wearing the same uniform as him. Tiny little gripe. I sure hope somebody got fired for that plunder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, what do, you, do you watch Hockey Much at all? Or Yeah, that's the other thing I didn't. I failed to mention about why this is my favorite episode. Hockey's my favorite sport. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, American football is a very close second, and baseball's not too far behind. But just, like hockey, I love playing. I tried to play it for real as a teenager. I was terrible, but... <laughs> Uh, I only played it because my best friend played it, but I love playing NHL uh, on EA Sports uh, on my Xbox. That I could play that for hours. I love watching it. I love going to uh, the games. I'm kind of heartbroken. I'm a lifelong New York Islanders fan. And a few years ago, they moved to Brooklyn. And especially when I was in Bay Ridge, they were literally on my street. I lived on 4th Avenue. Barclays Center is on 4th Avenue. But they are moving back to Long Island at some point soon. And uh, it's like... Oh, well, it was nice while it lasted. I went to two games. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I mean, I think, yeah, we made it pretty clear in the last one when Veej aren't particularly big sports fans, but I do actually have a soft spot for hockey because growing up, yeah, Wayne Gretzky's 3D hockey on the N64 was like one of my all-time games. (laughs) (laughs) And also uh, my family, because we're avid skiers, and so we've been to Canada a few times as well. And to go to Whistler Village, we sort of have to stop off in Vancouver. And yeah, we usually take the opportunity to spend a couple of days there and catch a hockey game as well so yeah we're big canucks fans as well i don't know if that's going to make a rivalry with us now jack or <laughs> we're good we're good as long as you don't like pittsburgh or, or, or uh, philadelphia no nah, fuck those guys <laughs> stupid penguins i want to say yeah 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 there we go <laughs> and the flyers i learned some things from the wayne gretzky 3d hockey <laughs> the other thing was like going to the games as well we don't quite have the spectacle that like american sports do for our games now we just sip our tea and go oh, jolly good show <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I remember at the game as well, there was like this massive Coca-Cola blimp that was going around the stadium and dropping coupons for Cokes at the concession stand. (laughs) I love Australian rules football, by the way. I should say that. I think that's really, yeah, I think that's such an awesome fucking sport. Uh, My best friend, Jeff, got, it's like this gigantic stadium. I I guess because your country's so fucking big and there's so few Mm -hmm. of you, like the stadium is massive. I I feel like just walking from one end to the other would be my workout. That would be it. (laughs) But yeah, yeah. Hockey, another thing I love about it is it really is nonstop. You cannot take your eye off the puck, uh, even just spectating it. Uh, And that's why it suits itself so well to an episode like this, because Mm. the hockey scenes are so dynamic and they're so well directed. There's a shot where Bart breaks away and like Jimbo's right on his tail. Or I think he checks and uh, steals the puck from Jimbo. Just it looks fucking cool. And, you Mm. know, I could think of all these post-classic Simpsons episodes where it's just so dull and boring to watch. Yeah. Well, even like little things like where you've got um, Bart skating down the ice, kind of flicking the puck between himself. I don't know what that's called. Dribbling. (laughs) Uh, And it cuts to Millhouse's eyes just starting left and right with it. It builds that tension. Yeah. And I think it's such a great dynamic for Bart to be, yeah, more of a striker. Again, don't know the terminology. (laughs) Slapper. Oh, slap you, you slap a puck. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> but yeah, but to be yeah more of the aggressive yeah striker, whereas Lisa being the goalie, I think that also really ties very well into their characters. Mm. Yeah, 100%. He's yeah. the aggressive one and she's kind of the, the protector. Yeah. And makes sense for the, you know, big brother, little sister dynamic when Apu discovers that she's a potentially great goalie because she's yeah. probably, you can surmise from that scene, she's had a lifetime of dodging this shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's good. Well, yeah, yeah. Now, let's try a hard one to make sure it wasn't a fluke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And I made us rewind the episode just to listen to the foley when Millhouse gets his teeth knocked out. Oh, oh, brutal. <laughs> uh, brutal. They just got that sound perfect. I wondered if they knocked out some teeth. To, like uh, Teeth don't sound like teeth on audio. you got to use nails. <laughs> what if you need something that sounds like nails? And bones. <laughs> yeah, anything else to say about the heart? I think the if there is any heart outside of Bart and Lisa's core relationship, like you touched on before, it's with Marge. And one of the sweeter scenes is actually when Marge tries to bond with Bart mm. oh. um, to make him feel better. It's like, I'm no Harvey Globetrotter. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out for the shack goes, attack. 
and then wow. she beams him in the head. I told you to watch it. It's great. <laughs> uh, and then this isn't really tied in at all, but it is related. I love when Jimbo makes fun of Bart. He's like, who bought your pajamas, your mom? And he's like, yeah, who else would? <laughs> you win this round. Uh, it's such a great line. I love that Jimbo concedes defeat there. He's just like, yeah, well played. <laughs> well, yeah, what else is he going to do? <laughs> yeah, the bullies are interesting in this episode. Yeah, they're mm. defending Mrs. Krabappel as well. <laughs> and the eat up Martha gag, which is uh, all time uh, classic. That was a trivia question this uh, last week at the costume contest. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, it's, just, it's one of my favorites, so I had to throw it in there. Mm-hmm. Also, I did just get an app for my iPad where it does translate your handwriting to text. I thought it would make easy. I literally got it for stuff like this where I could take notes and then I realized mm. it's still just much easier to type. Oh, yeah. But like, it's cool. It works, but it's still not quite there yet. So I yeah. definitely have some eat up Martha moments. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe it. 25 years later and they still can't get it right. <laughs> you know, this is what I really love about Futurama is that, yeah, it's a thousand years in the future, but technology is still shit. Yeah, like, yeah it'll never, we'll never get it. No. <laughs> Three steps forward, two back, like, mm-hmm. especially you, Apple products, which we were making fun <laughs> of before. Yeah, seeing as just yesterday I had to threaten my printer with death to get it to work. <laughs> and uh, yeah, still, all these years later, printer's still terrible. <laughs> my, yeah, yeah, my printer doesn't, the black ink just doesn't work, and I'm not a tech savvy, so I just gave up, and now I literally just print everything in very dark blue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good workaround, but yeah, now you're having to replace the blue cartridge, so... Yeah, that's what they want. Next, move on to <laughs> Fuchsia and uh, Cyan. Pretty sure printing in yellow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but ultimately, did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, of course it did. I, if any, the only way I could say no is because it's so fucking good that it makes other Simpsons episodes not feel like Simpsons episodes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're all kind of playing slightly different parts. Like I said, Homer is definitely much more of a shit in this one, but it still fits the framework. They yeah. just slightly tweaked and modified to make it be what the story needs but yeah it's a hundred percent yeah yeah i'm gonna move on this <laughs> it's just this is the simpsons at full stride you know i guess the only integrity break you could say is when the whole stadium is going kill bart kill bart <laughs> kill bart kill bart uh marge is doing it as well oh is she she well in, a, in the silent moment after that when everyone's all Mar- oh yeah marge is also you know fist pumping and getting ready to <laughs> throw down that's one of those jokes as well as, like, how do you write that? Like, how do you write the, which word they're putting the emphasis on? Like it's the importance of commas, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the difference between helping your uncle Jack off a horse and helping your uncle Jack off a horse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry to use your name in the verb sense. <laughs> I'm sure he's used to it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm 100% used to it. And I am a full-on Oxford comma grammar snob so if you you do whatever you need to do to my name to get your point across (laughs) so yes or no would you watch this episode again yes yeah i watched it last week i just watched it again i might watch it when we uh, sign off later (laughs) yeah honestly (laughs) like i am astounded with fucking how good this episode Mm -hmm. was i haven't actually seen it in a little bit yeah yeah me either so, what playlist would we put this in? What are other Simpsons episodes that remind you of this one? Sports, 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 sports. sports. <laughs> there was one I picked up on rewatching it just now. I would put it on the Making Fun of the Fox Network playlist because there's a, a subtle joke. They never say Fox by name, but Bart goes, well, we missed the first two episodes of Cops, but if we hurry, we could finish the, ne- the next three. And Cops was yeah. <laughs> always on, especially back when Fox didn't have that much programming. Oh. Yeah, so, like, Cops was always on. I mean, it was one of the first reality shows, you know, 
20 years before there was reality yeah. TV. Yeah, true. Uh, and they just had hundreds of episodes because everybody's getting arrested. So I would put this on the Making Fun of Fox playlist along with You Are Watching Fox and God knows what else they have. There's actually a season 15-ish episode, I want to say, Bart Mangled Banner, where they seem to go pretty hard on the Fox network which I remember kind of okay liking. Yeah. I think the post-classic episodes make more Fox jokes than the uh, the 90s ones. Oh, definitely. But yeah, Fox turned into a, a, a porn channel so gradually that that's a classic <laughs> one. Oh, and since we'll be bro- uh, broadcasting on Fox, there's no need for obnoxious hooting and hollering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really needs a John Oliver style, I got you business, Daddy. I got you. Take that. <laughs> oh, I love that you made that reference. John Oliver is uh, one of my favorite, favorite shows, and I, I love this gag he's doing with AT&T. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a light in the darkness right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another playlist is, I think we haven't hit on this before, Skinner announcing stuff through the PA playlist. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Everybody assemble in the Butthead Memorial. Uh, uh, we didn't let the students name that one. <laughs> it's Radio Man. Yeah. <laughs> Strange, I shouldn't have been able to hear that. <laughs> oh, someone actually went to the costume as Radio Man, didn't they? Yes, yes, it was very clever. I was just saying, yeah, even the awkwardness of the beginning of that is, you know, uh, attention, this is Principal Skinner giving you a principal's message from the principal's office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did just think of another playlist, making fun of the news, and uh, this episode <laughs> opens with action news, which yeah. has another one of my favorite lines. President Reagan dies, his hair, <laughs> and I just love how the things they're making fun of, like that alarmism that the news has. Mm-hmm. It had it 20 years before that episode aired, and it's happening 25 years later, yeah. and it's amazing that we can point out how ridiculous the news is, but we haven't bothered changing it at all. It's still just <laughs> terrible. Speaking of John Oliver, I think that's how the news should be. Like mm, actual, yeah. thoughtful, investigative journalism where they can say fuck and call out bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, even then, just, you know, let's take a look at the death toll and the kill storm bearing down on Springfield. <laughs> well, the death toll is currently at 0%, but it's ready to skyrocket at any moment. <laughs> I also love that the weatherman, as well, helping undercut Bart's theory that he's a respectable... Meteorologist. Uh, <laughs> he just, like, plugs his little stand-up gig. With a 75% chance of hilarity. He thinks there's a 25% chance he'll bomb. Yeah. Like, he's really selling it. <laughs> I mean, he's accurate. Yeah, and it also is, like, predicting... Fox News and, and, and cable news and how they don't really have journalists or reporters. They have TV personalities as your, as your reporters. Yeah. So I think we'll move on pretty quickly from this question, though. Jack, what would you like to do to change this episode to make it better? I guess, like I said, maybe a little bit more, just a line or two or maybe a, a quick scene of Martin Lisa's The Good Old Days before the montage at the very end. That's it. That's the only thing I'd change. Yeah. And I guess I would make Bart skating away from his own goalie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe it's a technique and they do the loop around. I don't know. How about you, BT? All right, so we open on a clear Springfield sky. Through the clouds come the word Monster Island. Tan down to Monster Island. It's the future. Release is being chased by Rodan, and it's amazing. <laughs> Lisa on ice slash meth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that word has taken on a little bit. It different... really has. No, um, it's an amazing episode. This was one I think we got about halfway through, and I'll just kind of turn to you just, just give it an Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's amazing. Yeah. I usually like to try and bury the lead, you know, where my ranking's going, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think this is gonna be pretty fucking obvious. I can't I can't change anything to make it better. Like I love the sense of superiority that H. D. Simpsons gives me. Mm. Like because I can be a writer. This this shit's yeah. easy. This episode makes me feel like a stupid dummy that sucks at everything. Yeah, he's just standing and, there, like looking at this pinnacle of comedy writing, going, "Me fail English." Yes. 
Oh my um, god, talking about fucking lines that are just in mm. the Simpsons lexicon. Me felt English, that's impossible. That's got to be a top 10 like quotable oh, yeah. quote. But uh, what I I always feel bad for the two lines before and after it because yeah? uh they're just as good if not better. I I, I love Ralph going, "I won, I won." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I use that all the time uh, if I get in trouble or something. Oh yeah, classic Ralph. Oh my god. <laughs> Jack, do you have any other notes? Let me just very quickly uh, rattle off some other lines I, I really love. I love when the Simpsons tear down organized religion in a non-mean, like, very grounded way. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love this line. Uh, if the Bible has taught us nothing else, and it, it hasn't. hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love uh, after Bart kisses Mr. Honeybunny, after a- accidentally ripping off his head and realizing Honeybunny was his childhood favorite toy, <laughs> he's like, mwah, 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 mwah. for no reason at all. Homer just has an off-screen line from downstairs. Quiet down! Bart yeah it's such a nice little button like it, you don't need it at all uh, and the fact that they thought to put it in there just again shows you they were operating on another level when they wrote this episode oh fully and maybe I will maybe I will which BT mentioned mm-hmm. that line is so burned into my head that I actually used the exact same line yeah. and delivery in my short film the only film I ever wrote and directed and I don't remember this was 15 years ago if I gave the actor the line delivery, which mm-hmm. you're not supposed to do, or if he just delivered it that way, but it is the exact same, maybe I will. And it's also it's an underdog sports movie. Mm. So they're, they're, this this is just in my DNA, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, the, the last thing I have to mention, because I laugh, like I gut, like I laugh my ass off every time is Krusty singing the National Anthem. <laughs> <laughs> the cue cards line is good, yeah. the button, but him just, da 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 and it's so disrespectful, and it's uh, it gets me every time. Uh, yeah, like, because it seems like, yeah, the only time we hear about the National Anthem is when, like, Fergie's fucking it up or something. <laughs> like Yeah, yeah. Uh, your National Anthem, rather. Um, It'll be the whole world's National Anthem soon, don't worry. <laughs> Another Futurama thing that I like where the Earth flag is like the stripes, but the stars has just been replaced with the Earth. And yeah. <laughs> How about you, BT? Any other notes? Oh, plenty. When, you know, Lisa crumples up a card and throws it, and later on when it's on the table, it's still a bit crumpled. I enjoyed that as a bit of continuity. Hmm. Girls should stick to the girly sports, like hot oil wrestling, foxy boxing, and such and such. Jesus Christ, Homer. <laughs> it's the such and such that really ties that together, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, he doesn't even know what he's talking about, but he knows he believes it. Yeah. Uh, how can we not mention, don't make me run, I'm full of chocolate. <laughs> oh, poor Ruda. <laughs> boys get bosoms. <laughs> <laughs> I love in this moment as well, because the bullies are even a bit weirded out by Homer's actions. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a grown man who's come into the locker room to you know chew them out for making her, his daughter feel different, and then he's chasing the kid in a wet towel. He really is especially like terrible in this episode. Yeah, yeah. But again, it's always so funny. You don't really care. <laughs> uh, another great Homer line is, um, "Can I get the ketchup?" Hey, I asked for ketchup. I'm eating salad here, and he's just pouring mayonnaise, oh, sorry, mustard on his salad, and he still pours the mustard. Yeah. In. And I love Marge's line there: "No aggressively passing condiments in this house." <laughs> yep. Fucking Marge is so on top form in this episode. Beautifully so. The sign out front is like, you know, tonight, Pee Wee Hockey Final. Tomorrow, entertain yourselves, damn it. (laughs) Uh, Homer's cup just says Big Lush. Also very good. 44 fucking fluid ounces. I know. Beer, Marge, I love you. Yeah. (laughs) I think, though, the 7-Elevens now, I think they are that big, if not bigger. Would not be surprised. The world eventually just becomes (laughs) fiction. Oh, like, we're astounded, like, when we were traveling through America, the size of the actual beverage holders in cars. Like, it's like... (laughs) 
oh my god, those weren't jokes on Simpsons. That was just an accurate drawing. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just to check with you, Elliot, you, um, I don't know if you're aware of the use of the term lush, because in this country it means like luscious or something like, yeah. you know, pretty could be lush or someone hot could be lush. But it's American term basically meaning alco. Oh, really? So basically the cup just says, you know, big drunk dickhead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Lush means drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon if, yeah, the football games here sold big drunk dickheads, people would absolutely oh, yeah. buy them. I'm not going to lie. I just invented it and I want one. <laughs> <laughs> get on get on Etsy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and this Homer's final lines of, this is it, Marge, your child versus mine. The winner will be shouted with praise. The loser will be booed until my throat is sore. And just at the end, he's sobbing. <laughs> They're both losers. Uh, Dan Castellano, Emmy, give him an Emmy. Ah, uh, absolutely. And yeah, because he's crying in this moment, and like Marge is like, "Oh yeah, it's sweet, isn't it?" And it's like, "No, they're both terrible. They're <laughs> equally bad." <laughs> and that is all my notes. Because <sighs> just yeah, tacking on that as well, like Homer being impressed, like with Lisa, she has the eye of a tiger and the mouth of a team star. <laughs> like wonderful. Um, I just need a couple of seconds to compile the rest of my notes. So BT. The question. So we do have a question for our guests sometimes. We like to ask, if you could have a sandwich named after you, what would it be? Ooh. And if that's too hard, because this is a difficult question <laughs> to drop on someone, best sandwich? Ah, that's tough. So uh, sandwich is my favorite food to begin with. Uh, it's usually my go-to. Yeah. But actually, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I started dating a vegan, and she is convinced that she will convert me to being vegan. And I was like, that's ridiculous. So maybe you have an outside chance of converting me to uh, be vegetarian, mm. but I like cheese is my favorite. Yep. But, you know, to be respectful, I've been eating vegan whenever we're together. And I'm honestly, I could see a future. I would up the odds of me going vegan from zero to 15, 20%. So now I don't know what to do with the, with what sandwich. I would have to be some kind of veggie sandwich, which, ugh. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Like, <laughs> vegans around the world, if you could make me a good sandwich... I might, again, I'll yeah. go from 0 to 1% likely. <laughs> well, I just discovered this vegan mayonnaise. That's a game changer. Vegan cheese I tried, and that, mm. you know, it, it tastes pretty close. But let's, for the sake of argument here, let's say I'm not, I'm going to still be unethical and kill animals. Yep. I guess I, I will say, ah, I got it. The number six from this deli that's been closed for 10, 15 <laughs> years is a high rise there now. But there was a deli on 3rd Avenue and 14th Street in Manhattan, a little bodega, mm. uh, and they had a sandwich called the Number 6, and it was a chicken, bre- a fried, breaded chicken breast with uh, melted mozzarella cheese and mm. pepperoni on it on a roll. And yes. that, I was shit. like, I could, I just never got sick of it. I would eat it every single night. Yeah. yeah. If there's one thing I like more than people's sandwich suggestions, it's their sandwich, like, myths. Like, <laughs> I had this one one time, it was a seedy back alley, and I was in Morocco, and it was like, I don't know, something like that, or it was, it's been closed for 20 years, and it's just that, that memory that's so pure and beautiful. It was right over there. <laughs> oh, you know, it was right over there. You'll be sorry. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Go back to the sandwich place, you're just gone, you're like, but, but it was so good. All right, well, that must mean it is time for my final notes. When Lisa's asking why she's getting chewed out while Bart's getting rewarded, ha, ah, the mysteries of life. That's another one of those Simpsons quotes that's just, mm-hmm. the cadence is yeah. built into my brain as well. Yep. Like, it's not just the words, it's the actual melody of the words. Yep, yep. And after Lisa defends Bart and Skinner's like, I hardly let mother fight my battles for me anymore. <laughs> the word hardly. Yeah, it makes oh. it so much better. Oh, amazing. All right, it is time to rank this thing. Jack, you're first this time. This is the most pure of cubic zirconias. Mm. 
and yeah, just any last thoughts on like what this episode means to you and everything? I think I've said it all. Um, it's just for anybody who has a, a little sister or a close sibling, I think that automatically gives it and it makes it a little bit more personal. But even if you don't, just on jokes alone, this is just a near perfect episode of The Simpsons. Yep. BT? Yeah. Oh man, I like on a usual cubic. It's usually an episode that's like front loaded with amazing jokes stacked on, and then after that, it kind of the jokes kind of slow down as you get into the plot a little bit. This one is relentless throughout the entire thing. I usually do a page note. I've got two pages for this because there's just so much content, and so many iconic moments that come from this. And even then, the structure of the story is really good. The heart just gets you right in the guts. It's amazing. Absolute cubic is kind of no question. This is one where I'm glad we did this today because lately we've actually had a few classic episodes that haven't gotten close to cubic and mm. like it sort of surprised me you know bark gets famous and whacking day they didn't do quite as well as i thought they might have and so today it was just really good to just recalibrate on an episode that is just so obviously quintessential to mm. the simpsons experience and defining what i mean about the cubic zirconia rank being that without this episode the simpsons couldn't exist this is just so important to the foundation and and the lexicon I, oh my god it's it's just our reviews being mostly quotes like <laughs> yeah so easy choice for me to do cubic zirconia oh my god this will be the 11th unanimous cubic zirconia from season six wow it'll be joining treehouse of horror five that's the one where groundskeeper willie keeps getting murdered shitting and yep. all that he, he doesn't get the hoe in the back he gets the the axe in no the back. <laughs> axe. this is indeed a disturbing universe grandpa versus sexual inadequacy <laughs> homer the great the stonecutters episode bart's comet lisa's wedding Two Dozen and One Greyhounds, The PTA Disband, Springfield Connection, Lemon of Troy, and Who Shot Mr. Burns Part 1. Sorry, just quickly, is that all the episodes we've done of Season 7? Is it on a perfect run? or uh, Season 6, six and sorry. no, it's practically all the episodes from Season ah, okay. 6. Uh, fuck it, I might as well just mention it because, <laughs> yeah, it is averaged out over all the episodes. It is our highest ranked season. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think season six is generally regarded as the best season. I, I have a soft spot for three and five, but six mm -hmm. really is just like the pure form of The Simpsons. Yeah, the only episodes that haven't gotten the perfect ranking from us were Homer versus Patty and Selma, which you dinged down from a cubic. Haha, <laughs> my fault. <laughs> Bart's girlfriend. Where you dinged it down from a perfect. <laughs> yeah. Everyone but me. Yeah, that's true. You're <laughs> the only cubic on that one. Uh, Lisa's rival. No one gave that one a cubic. But then one of my biggest fucking gripes, Bart of Darkness, which our other guest Michael gave a goal. Oh, no. That's a that's in my top 10 or 15. Yeah, it's rare that we really disagree with someone because, you know, individual rankings are for the individual, obviously. But uh, that one. Yeah, that yeah. one hurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, look, that about does it for the Simpsons Index for this week. But before we get out of here, we just like to quickly talk about things that we're into lately. Books, TV, music, movies, video games. What are you into, BT? Uh, you know what? I don't think we've done enough books. So I've started reading All's Quiet on the Western Front. You know, I saw the movie back in history class because they showed us movies in history. That's how education works. But it's, you know, World War One, but told from the perspective of a German soldier. And it's really good. Like, even just the first couple of chapters, I'm just sitting there slack jawed at how just direct and heartfelt and yeah it's fantastic so uh yeah that cool how about you jack what have you been into lately i never read that i'm gonna have to check that out mm. uh if we're doing books i just got god bless you mr rosewater by kurt vonnegut i've never read it mm. but i want to read it before i get a tattoo because uh i'm probably gonna get a tattoo of uh, a line from the book that's been 
it's one of my favorite quotes ever. I just never actually read the book. I've always <laughs> known the quote outside of the book. Mm-hmm. It's a very long quote, but it's basically, it's about a millionaire who's um, giving away his money and becoming very altruistic. And at some point in the book, apparently, he goes to a baptism of these two twin babies. And he says, uh, welcome to earth, babies. The summers are hot. The winters are cold. He says a couple other lines. And he goes, look, look, babies, there's only one rule that I know of. God damn it, you've got to be kind. And like that line has uh, defined who I've been trying to be for the last several years of my life. Mm-hmm. I never get a tattoo unless I'm like suddenly it just gets in my head and I can't get it out of my head. And that's when I know it's time. Uh, and the last like couple of weeks, it's like, all right, it's telling me it's ready. So I'm just going to get it right down my left arm. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go all out. So that I'm excited to read that book. It's it's very short. Vonnegut, his novels aren't, yeah. aren't too tough to uh, get through. Uh, so that, and uh, I'm, sure you, I'm sure you know from Twitter, I've just been obsessed with Tetris Effect in VR, PSVR. Mm. It's the closest I felt to a religion. <laughs> it's the first time I've ever achieved mindfulness, or uh, not mindfulness, um, when you meditate and you kind of lose your ego and you suddenly mm. can, you stop thinking. Yeah. It's the only, I can't do it through meditation because listen to the way I talk, my brain is just fucking wired. But when I play Tetris Effect, man, ugh, the game is is beautiful. I everybody should go out and get it. I know it would cost a thousand dollars to get the the virtual reality kit. <laughs> it actually would cost you at this point like four or five hundred. Small price um, to pay for Nevada. <laughs> oh god, yeah, it's it is a perfect game. It is it's not even a game. It's it's like this beautiful religious experience. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I've actually shared it with you on. Um, on the socials, but once again, our friend from Pods in the Key of Springfield, James, wrote an article about how this game sort of came at a time a month or so after his mother passed away and just how important it was to sort of just be in that and how much, like, the seemingly vague kind of lyrics would just, you know, how lyrics can sort of resonate with you like that in mm. those vulnerable moments, especially, yeah, yeah, in that first song that's on the game, uh, I'm Yours Forever, like... Jesus Christ, fuck me up. Yeah, yeah. The game is so perfectly designed. They come in right when you're about to lose or whatever, and then you suddenly come back from the game, and that's when the lyrics know to come in. Mm. And then, yeah, you, you, your brain ties it into your real life kind of stuff. And I love that the fact that it's VR, because that way nobody can see me bawling my eyes out <laughs> while I'm inside of it. Because I've definitely cried multiple times playing. And when I beat the game, the the last level is insanely hard. It's 90 levels. Mm. Uh, I mean, you have to clear 90 lines. I had four or five to go. And I was at the very top of the the Tetris, and I knew I was like, ah, fuck, I'm fucking it up, and I'm just trying to stay alive. And you, this is where you stop thinking mm. because it's moving so fast that you have think, no man. choice but to go on instinct. Yeah, and I somehow won, and I I would have lost. It literally was the top like brick. Yeah. But the, it happened to clear a line. I didn't even realize I was there yet, and I just like wait, I won. And I just, I was just crying. I was like, yeah, I can't. I just, I was just so happy I didn't have to do it all over again. <laughs> no, metamorphosis, fucking hell, that is a, a beast of a Yeah, I'm probably going to play it after we sign off, actually. <laughs> no, you're getting me thinking about it all again. Uh-huh. It's <laughs> been a hot minute since I finished it. Oh, yeah, that's wonderful to hear. I love that game. And yeah, I'll share that article with it and put it in the show notes for I'd that. I'd love because, to read yeah, it. Love uh, to yeah, read it's it. It's a beautiful Peter writing. What about you, though? What, do you, what, what are you stuck on? Well, yeah, I mean, why not? We mentioned books. I decided to try and read one book this year. And <laughs> I'm reading Mick Foley's biography. Yes, yes. Yeah, I'm a bit of a sucker for wrestling, and I don't know, I just saw it cheap on the whatever Apple bookstore a couple of weeks ago, so yeah, I picked it up, and like, he's a great writer, I gotta say, like, 
all those pile drivers and fucking being thrown off cages and shit like didn't affect him too much it seems in the <laughs> in the um writing ability he just writes in a great way and like all the inside stories he shares are wonderful so yeah i wholly recommend that but yeah I, it might be a bit too inside uh baseball about wrestling. wrestling. It's wrestling. Wrestling. If the book is about baseball, then I know he probably got hit on the head one too many yeah. times. <laughs> the bases were loaded. The Undertaker uh, was out in right field. And <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Yep, that's it for the Simpsons Index this week. Jack, you got some things you like to plug? Sure. Uh, you can follow me at Jackie No Breaks on Twitter. My website is called MeScriptReadGood.com. That's where uh, I'm a very good writer, uh, very, good, very good at giving notes. Uh, I have a lot of professional colleagues who have uh, I went to school with who are doing much better than I am in their careers, but they still come to me for help, so that means something to me. I can give you that same expertise for a small, large lateness penalty. So that's uh, if you need notes on your screenplay, MeScriptReadGood.com. And I don't know when we'll have new episodes, but uh, if you haven't already, go to wepodcast.com, W-E-E podcast.com. We cover just the new episodes of The Simpsons, season 11 up. Uh, And then we also have 90s percentile where we talk about everything but the 90s, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wonderful. And BT, why not throw a plug for our other podcast? Yep, our other podcast is Thrones of Game. This is a show where we watch Game of Thrones backwards. The twist here is that I've seen the entire show, but Elliot has never seen an episode until we started watching backwards chronologically. <laughs> so we're about to start season six soon. We went through uh, eight and seven, and uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It gives us an interesting insight into Game of Thrones and the world and how it's built, and uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's such yeah. a brilliant concept. That, that's one of those ideas <laughs> when I first heard it, I was like, fuck, why didn't I think of that? It's such a good concept. Well, I mean, it's really been good for us as well because, like, all the Game of Thrones podcasts, you know, there's more of those than Simpsons podcasts. <laughs> they're all ended now. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> we're the only one putting out new content. So, like, I'm starting to see, like, we're moving up on the charts for that as well. Oh, that's so. great. Yeah. I, it's a little bit hard to find us, unfortunately, because, yeah, you search Thrones of Game and it's like, did you mean <laughs> Game of Thrones? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. no. <laughs> but we're out there. Yeah. Nice little green and red logo with a rewind emblem. <laughs> theme song's great. Yeah. I love the theme song. Yeah, the theme song is what tied it, actually, because yeah. we were like, Elliot had the idea, I'm like, oh, that's hilarious, oh, should we do that? Yeah, I mean, it could be fun, we'll, we'll check it out, and then, yeah, I was at work one day, I'm like, what does the theme song sound like backward? Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as as Elliot is like, well, we're doing this now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, yep, that does it for the Simpsons Index. Thank you so much, Jack, for uh, being on the show. Uh, thank you for having me, uh, especially considering we're literally in completely different time yeah. zones. Oh, different ends of uh, the earth, man. Yeah, glad we made this work. And <laughs> it's like we're in direct competition with each other. <laughs> <laughs> fight, 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 fight. <laughs> and thank you, BT. Ahoy. And I'm being your host, Elliot Chernil. I'm being your host. That's all the mustard in the house. Yeah, as for ketchup, meat and salad here. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Simpsons Index podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. You can chat to us online at facebook.com slash The Simpsons Index or at Simpsons Index on Twitter and Instagram. And now please stay tuned for the bonus scenes. Working on my night cheese. Night cheese. Night cheese. That should be it. Uh, yeah, it's coming up. Uh, so the audio itself is crystal clear. Uh, your, uh, as always, your accents takes an extra second for me to translate.
but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you had the video on, you'd uh, see the subtitles come <laughs> up. But, yeah. what, kind of a- what kind of accent work should we switch to? <laughs> what if we just went to British then? I'm looking for a suggestion. I'll Cajun? get a suggestion from can the we, audience. Can we do Cajun? <laughs> can we do Homer's? I guarantee. <laughs> Homer's Marge <laughs> voice that he uses for everything. <laughs> My only reference for Cajun is Gambit from X Men. So, uh, <laughs> oh, <Henri Montchery>. yeah. <laughs> it turned out to be totally undeserved. But for years, me and uh, Dan loved doing Josh Brolin's Thanos as Cajun. But uh, <laughs> when, when we heard he was cast, we were like, "What the fuck?" But he turned out to be great. So whatever. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I got the 128 uh, iPhone 11. Uh, I'm still getting used to it. My my last phone was a six, so it's. Uh, Big I gotta, jump. Yeah, big jump. I got to get used to not having the button. <laughs> yeah, well, that that's the in-between thing that I'm at the, at the moment is that, yeah, I really want that button. I'm not that comfortable with the whole Face ID thing, mm-hmm. but, oh, God damn it, I am kind of intrigued by the whole three-camera thing. I know. Can you not turn Face ID off? You need it to unlock the phone. Fuck Unless off. you use the passcode. Yeah. But there is no, oh, yeah, there is no right. fingerprint, though. I think, though, there's some rumors are next year they're bringing the button back. <laughs> oh, I, I hope so. Just oh my god, it's thirty rock all over again. They're bringing back button classes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really is amazing how society has just become a whole parody of itself. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a feeling you're going to hear it on my track if you can't hear it from already. My ten-year-old laptop sometimes makes this. It, it interferes with my speakers for some reason. It makes this popping sound, and even mm. if I unplug, see, it's going off right now. So my, yeah, I was wondering what that was. Yeah, I'm so, I'm, I'm so sorry. There's not much I can do about it. Mm. It's whenever my computer's on. Uh, it just interferes with uh, my speakers. Oh, my, I thought that was just you tapping your pen. Oh, God. Yeah. No, you must have thought I was such an asshole. No, because <laughs> no, it was like coming at like contemplative moments. And uh, No, I was trying to ride my levels and, and turn off my mic when I wasn't talking, but uh, I, it was tricky to do. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm so sorry about that, yeah. Oh, no, that's okay, man. We... Uh, yeah, we work with the technology we got. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Technical difficulties happen. I'm, I'm yeah. dying to buy a new Mac, and I just put it off every year because it's so fucking expensive. Because, yeah, I feel like I'm in the same way where my laptop, even after five years, is already starting to show its age, and it's like, fuck, am I there already? Yeah. Fuck yeah. It, and fuck Apple for getting their hooks so goddamn stuck in me like, as well. The <laughs> cheapest Mac is like three grand or something. Like, how the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, and like uh, the Mac Mini, which I was waiting for, because that, that's what I was going to get, that was 500 the, When it finally came out again, it, it's 800 but I like to juice up the RAM and the, the mm, processing yeah. power, because it's going to last me 10 years, and I needed to fuck it. The, this was a juiced-up computer, and that's why it's it barely runs, but the fact that it still runs 10... it's I got it 10 years ago last week. Mm. That's crazy. Although that the Skype and other apps don't work because the operating system is just... Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm fucking... Uh, Felt like the latest iOS update absolutely crashed some of my apps as well. And I'm only on an iPhone 7. I shouldn't be this out of date already. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 7's obsolete. They don't sell them anymore. Yep. It's insane. <sighs> so you'd think that, but Apple are like, what are you doing, old man? We offend you. Get a new one, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people give me shit for being an Apple guy. And I'm like, you're, you're right. You're right, yeah. <laughs> but they do. They're nice when they're the, the first couple of weeks. Exactly. <laughs> it's a great first couple of weeks. <laughs> it's like a relationship. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> put that on Apple's marketing. <laughs> Apple, it'll be a great few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> they literally last, like, put a regular actual Apple on your nightstand. <laughs> and when that Apple has rotted, you know it's time for a new device. But yeah, we're actually. Um... Uh, trying to schedule at the moment there's a podcast up in seattle uh, called ultra 64 
which are reviewing N64 games. That's so great. Now, 64 is my is my true console. I definitely have. That's where my heart is. Yeah, my heart is as chalky as an N64 joystick. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly like the high I get from Tetris Effect. There's not a lot of other highs that equate to the moment I discovered a Nintendo 64 console in a Sears. So like I was shopping with my dad and my stepmom and like they, you know, they would put up those little video game consoles where you could play like the demo and it had Super Mario 64 and nothing will ever blow my mind the way, like even when I did VR the first time, nothing will ever blow my mind where I was like, it's Super Mario, but I can like walk in any direction and I can climb the trees. Nothing will ever, ever come close. Like it doesn't matter if it's the fucking hollow deck. Like it just, you can't, that jump from Super Nintendo to 64. Yeah, I was watching an interesting thing. It was talking about how well presented uh, Mario 64 and how they spent about half the development time just focusing on Mario's movement alone because that was so quintessential. And that opening where you've just got this big open field to run around and experiment with the controls and do what you want. And that was, yeah, just like your brain blew up because it was, look, you can do these triples. I can do this backflip. I can, what, all these things. And it just, it felt so fluid and natural. And, yeah, it's insane. Yeah, I, I remember even saying at the time, 11-year-old self, it's such a cliche, but like, I still remember the moment I was doing that spiral up the bob Mountain or whatever, and mm-hmm. I'm like, graphics literally won't get better than this. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And although they did improve, like, yeah, that whole jump from 2 to 3D, Jesus fuck. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I had a football game called Quarterback Club. It wasn't Madden. And I remember calling my grandpa, and I was like, look, it looks like a real game. And it did. It looked like really <laughs> shitty 64 graphics. But I was like, it looks real. Like, could, could you believe this isn't an actual football game? And my grandpa was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I think that's the problem now with, like, PS5 and PS4 is that now the changes are so incremental. It's like, it's great, but... You do notice it when you go back and you, you try to play like a PS3 game or something and you go, oh, yeah, I can see how it's a little, but yeah, no, well, I don't think we'll ever get that jump again. If if there is like, like a live action holodeck. Okay. Maybe, maybe. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> do you need to censor the word Canuck? <laughs>